Welcome back to Zine the Podcast. This is a very special episode, Star Wars themed episode. I'm your host, Caesar Davila, and I'm here with two guests this time. I'm here with my sister, Healer Hillary Davila. She's a filmmaker, she's a Star Wars fanatic as well, and I'm excited for her. And she, it was she brought a guest as well who's a very big Star Wars fan, David Trinidad. He is a cinematographer and he's a production assistant right now in the film industry, and he's also a huge Star Wars fan. Welcome, Hillary, and welcome, David. Thank you for being here. Hello. What's up? Thank you for having me. Yeah, all right. So uh, let's start off. Both of you are in the film industry. And uh, Hittery, what about you? So uh, when it comes to film, like, what do you see yourself in later on? So as all of you guys know, I am Scissor's older sister. And I've been in film for a good, I want to say, like, five, six years. Um, Not that I've been active in it, but I have been, you know, trying to get into the industry. It's not a really easy industry to get in. So... You know, the struggle is real, as a lot of filmmakers know, as, along with my friend David. I actually met David back in Cal State LA, so shout out to all our homies from Cal State LA. Um, where I see myself, which is kind of funny that we're doing Star Wars today, is definitely into Lucasfilm. My main goal is to be the first Latina director to direct a woman's Star Wars film. That's where I see myself at. Like a female lead? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to do something amongst that. You know, even if it's... I mean, that's my goal. That's the dream. The goal is just trying to get into that company. You know, that's something I've been very vocal about since the very beginning of this career. Um, that's something me and David have talked so many times about. Um, that's actually the beginning of our friendship that we just always talked about Star Wars. We always talked about different things. We've agreed. We've disagreed. We've argued. But, you know... It's Star Wars, and that's something that's been just so special to me. I mean, me and my brother grew up watching Star Wars since we were kids. So, you know, it just plays a really, really huge part. People who know me know that I'm a Star Wars girl. So, you know, I just put a Vine the other day about, or was it a TikTok? Yeah. They were, like, talking about, I'm a little skanky helper Star Wars. But I'm like, that is so me. Because <laughs> I just love Star Wars that much. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's literally part of our lives and our identity, you know? Yeah, so, it yeah. definitely is. Yeah, what about you, David? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a filmmaker, you know. I went to Cal State LA with, with Hillary over here. Um, that was, like, a super uh, interesting experience. <laughs> also very tough. Um, and then I went into the film industry uh, shortly after that. Uh, that was extremely tough to get in. As Hillary and everyone else who tries to get into this industry knows, mm-hmm. I think I was like eight months unemployed. Oh wow! And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just made up a bunch of money as much as I could and saved it, and then um, quit my job because I couldn't take it anymore. And so I just went and tried my best to get in. So you're a production assistant. Like, where are you? Where are you at right now? Um, I'm still working as a production assistant. It, it, the jobs are very. The industry is kind of weird to like describe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I can work as a production assistant, other times I'm working as an assistant director, or it goes different ways. Like it's all based on like it, a different projects, or yeah, it's all freelance. So oh, okay. all my gigs are freelance. I'm essentially a freelance gig worker. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I choose my own days if I want to work or not. Um, or if you get a or, job. <laughs> yeah, and or I can just keep working. Like I think like the past two weeks I haven't had like a day off. 
because I just been jumping from project to project. Just I mean, that's good going. though, right? Because oh, more yeah. experience. Yeah. Damn, that's that's dope. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, obviously, I'm not part of the film industry, and that's something I sadly, I would love to like, I would love to experience that, but that's just not where my path is leading mm-hmm. me towards. But it's cool that I have someone in the inside who could tell me all this stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, I unlike David, I am not a production assistant, not a freelancer. Um, I've been taking different routes again to the industry. Um, obviously, I still work with the Disney company. You know, I'm still in retail, but I've been very lucky to be getting different positions as I go in. Um, I'm still networking. I'm still talking to people. But like David says, it's a very hard industry to kind of keep up with because there's just so many changes especially right now in this pandemic i feel like it's even like 10 times harder because everybody's rather unemployed or it's really hard to find jobs or you really 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 need to know somebody to get you into another job you know like david has definitely been networking so it's amazing to see date like you know somebody like david being lucky enough to get those jobs but i'm sure he knows that it's really hard to keep up project to project because it's just really about who you know and that's the biggest struggle in this so I haven't done really, really anything with film for about two years now, but because of personal problems and issues that I've been going through, which I'm fine with, because I think if there's one thing in film you have to know is that you can't base it on the timeline as much as we want to base it on the timeline that we want to make it at a certain point. You kind of just have to let it happen. You have to just kind of keep up with your goals, remember what your goals are and what your dreams are, and then everything will kind of just play out they just gotta keep on working to that yeah i mean i could imagine how the film industry is chaotic in that way mm-hmm. but uh i mean with you david like do you see yourself working for a specific production later on in the future like do you have a goal like because i mean my sister wants to be in lucas film so like, um, do you have anything like that first off i have two points so before i get to your question there's something hillary said is that it's been i've been struggling it's actually been the opposite really i've been working so much <laughs> It's crazy. Bring it over then, David. That's a good problem to have, too. No, it is a good problem. And and it's funny because it's like all these projects, I guess, were just so backed up that just literally a couple months ago, it's been crazy. They're playing catch-up or what? Projects are just coming up everywhere. I I think in one week, I got hit up for like week-long projects like five times. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was telling everybody, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm already busy. I'm doing other things. Um, And it's actually uh, easy to get someone in, if anything. Because of the people that you know, they can they can vouch for you, and so they'll bring you on to a project, and help you get in. And if you do really really good, you meet other people, and then boom, your 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 snowball your snowball starts to start rolling and rolling, and then gets really huge, you know. That's good, dude. Um, yeah, so the network gets gets built up, um, and so the second point. Um, I forgot what, what it was. Like, where do you see yourself in the future? Do you have um, any goals like of a specific production? So my eventual goal is to be a cinematographer. Okay. Um, which is the, the kind of person that makes the look of the film, right? So they're not directing it or anything. They're just making, like, why the colors look that way. Okay. Um, where most of, most of the time, the cinematographer might create, like, the reason why this angle's here. Sometimes the director, you know, it depends on the person to person, but um, sometimes the director would, would know more about camera stuff, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they'll be like Martin Scorsese, where he just be like, you just do your stuff, and then I'm going to direct my own thing over here. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's just like, it varies between people, and you have to be very kind of like back and forth, or, you know, just more fluid, I guess. So, what would, like, um, how would you describe cinematography to people who don't really understand what it is? Like, um, it's the person who's behind the camera and is 
pressing the record button, kind of. That's that's the most like minimal way I can describe it. You have to give more credit though, David. No, I know it's it's uh, because they're also setting like the lights and everything. Like they're the reason why like the light looks like this or whatever. Why it's like soft light, hard light. Are they also um, in charge of like uh, like the background and like the like the white shot angles and yeah. the location as well, or is that something someone else? That the locations mm. depend on the director and what they can get and for what budget, or if it's a bigger budget, they can just you know pro- probably get whatever which they want. But um, that yeah, that depends on the on the, their budget and stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, the more and more you get into the film industry and the like making movies. You find out that there's actually more positions than what yeah. we're like we learn in school or people know of. Like people know about the main positions, but like if we're talking about location and you're on a big film or big set, that's already like two positions itself. You know, you have people looking to locations, you have people traveling for you and looking for the right space that the director wants. Like, cinematographer is really important. It's not just, like, a camera and press play. You know, it's like how David says, it comes with the angle, it comes with the lighting, it comes with um, even how the props in the back look in the in the camera shot. Like, it's, like, I feel like cinematography is really hard, and you have to have an eye for it. Me, personally, like, I want to do more directing, so that's something that I've talked to David about, where it's, like, I'm good at... I'm good at communicating with my actor and good at communicating with my like my camera people and all my cast and crew. However, when it comes to lighting, like that's a little more trickier because there is a project I was in where a director didn't keep that in mind and you can tell how hard it is for the cinematographer to kind of balance everything out because you have to think about the time of day you have to think about where the location is at you have to think about what kind of lighting you're putting what time of day is the script in you know if you're not in this right time of day like you're gonna have to create a whole thing for your shot and that's what i had to do for that project where you have to literally recreate that it is dark outside even though it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and this director didn't think about that yeah that, that's very true because there's times that when we're shooting um, they'll turn, uh, you know, night to day or day to night, which means that they get like so many lights and they just like pump everything mm-hmm. into this room. And you know, we're shooting at nighttime, so they're trying to make it look daylight. So they put like lights by doors and they don't even put diffusion on it. Mm-hmm. They just like just blast everything mm-hmm. into it. Um, and even during the day, they sometimes use these lights just to make it appear like like it looks normal. And that's the mm-hmm. trick right there. That's the biggest trick is making it look like yeah. natural. And a lot of it has to do rather with. Um, it has to do with the camera, like you can change the filter on the camera or you can just do that in editing, but the main, like, at least for me, the main thing is trying to make it as natural as possible when you're on set. If you can do it on set, then editing should be okay because editing is already a really huge part. Like there's a lot for them to do. So at least for me to help out that team, it's more just like making sure that we're at the right time if we're not the right time because you don't know on top of that you don't know how the day is gonna go you're saying i'm gonna set it up for next week i'm expecting to be sunny supposedly but then it ends up being like super cloudy and all this stuff and it just messes it all up but you have to just go with it you're like all right just go with it yeah like 1917 if you guys have seen it amazing movie they they only shot it when there was a cloud out 
Yeah, only when there's a cloud. But Re- Revenant as well, like yeah. uh, Revenant, the same thing. He, the cinematographer, only used natural lighting. He didn't use anything else. So he literally went by the time of day. It's like if you see the the behind the scenes, it's incredible and so scary because you're just like, he only went after like a certain time and a certain time of day. And on top of like you're paying all this, like you're paying for the time that they're doing, like what. You're paying for the time that you're filming. You're paying for the crew. You're paying for the cast. So, yeah. it's it's a lot. <laughs> it all adds up. And I mean, like mm-hmm. even like like my rate as a for like PA, like the average rate, it's like two ten right now, for like a first assistant camera, which is the guy that's pulling focus. Because on all these cinema cameras, there's no autofocus. It's really? all it's all person. It's a person. It's like manual. Yeah. Oh wow. It's all manual. Every, every so everything you've seen on TV and stuff most of the time, it, depending on how. The, Cameras configured sometimes reality TV would use like the like a handheld thing. Yeah. Uh, most of the time it would be like an AC. He'd, he'd be pulling focus for, for everything, which, Damn, is, which is there's, difficult. There's so much like behind the scenes. That's so oh, interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you, like you know, you would probably like think like, oh, it's a commercial on TV for AT and T. Be like, you know, something small. But it's actually like an eighty or ninety person crew behind working mm-hmm. making that. Now yeah. you see two people in front. You see like you. A lot of the commercials are two people in front, and then behind there's like a bunch of eyes on them because we're just trying to do lighting through the camera you have like three people on camera you have three people in the back behind camera you have the director it's a lot <laughs> oh yeah, yeah interesting so now uh diving this into star wars um when it comes to like cinematography like do you have a favorite film for that a favorite film for cinematography yeah um, or like looks wise you know like the most beautifully like i already know film. mine david's not gonna like my answer <laughs> he knows already <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of a tricky question for me, because, like, like for me personally, it's just all based on the story, so it's just whatever I relate to what story is there, you know? Um, for, for Star Wars? Like, um, well, for Star Wars, um, I don't know, because the, the original films were all, like, film, you know, and, I, and like, the, you know, all the other films, all the other uh, Star Wars films were film too, except for, I mean, all episode films are, are film, were shot on film. Um... Actually, no, wait. The first one to three, I think, were digital. I would say Last Jedi for me. Yeah. I think Last Jedi had really beautiful cinematography. There are certain scenes to me that there's, I feel like the one that literally stood out to me the most, and Caesar, my sister, was standing by, because every time I see it, I'm like, I love that shot. It's just so beautiful. It's Later, the one, right? yeah, it's the one in, what is it, Planet Crate? Crate, yeah. And Leah's like, just, it's like a big wide open area she's just there and half of her face is like lit up and covered by her robe it's just so beautifully lit like she just looks so nice and then throughout the movie you just see how they use like the color red like that was such a big color in that movie and it's just i don't know it's just my one of my favorite films to watch cinematography wise because i personally think it's really good i think you know if i were to choose one film i think it would probably be episode six Episode six, Return yeah. of Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. recently rewatched that one as part of just like doing homework for this episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so um, I mean, okay. So let's start off with the original trilogy. Um, it's crazy, like how it all started with such a simple like like story. I mean, George Lucas didn't even know like that it was gonna continue on, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it's crazy how much like how beautiful it is from like the music you know to like the messages behind it and how deep and layered it was because he really based a lot of his 
storytelling with like layers you know from the philosophy and history of like united of I'm not united states but history of the world you know with the nazis and like and like totalitarianism and pretty much dictatorship and learning how to um like cope with i'm mean, not cope with but just understanding uh like the importance of relationships and friends you know that's like friendship and just relationships definitely is a very important part of the original trilogy with han solo and leia yeah you know um but yeah like when when it comes to that you guys like who's your favorite character from the original trilogy i think luke i think it has to be luke because i i feel like i resemble a lot of what he is in me too and so i i just fall into that i think what about you Hillary? Mm, I mean, I think. Okay, if it's saying I'm just watching the original, I had no idea Darth Vader because obviously watching the original, Darth Vader didn't have a like you didn't really know much about it, like yeah. because the prequels didn't exist. Yeah. So if I'm talking about that perspective, I would say Luke for sure. Like Luke is definitely one of my all-time favorite characters, but because I know about Darth Vader and he's just so powerful and I resemble a lot to Darth Vader because obviously I'm dark side all the way. So Darth Vader would definitely also be up is there. Something I love now rewatching the original trilogy <laughs> is viewing it with the context of everything else that I've, I've watched from mm-hmm. like the shows to the other movies, seeing how the characters have evolved and just looking at where they are at the moment you know because mm-hmm. like that's something i also i really like about luke skywalker is that i really also re- like resemble with him you know with pretty much his uh like him not think like him thinking that like there has to be more to life than this you know like especially that sunset scene that's that's hillary's favorite like one of her favorite scenes like she wants to get a tattoo of the sunsets yeah, that's like i i'm yeah that's uh i feel like for me that's a scene that since I was a kid, that's really just influenced me. And as I grow older and the more I, like learn about film, that's definitely what just always stood in my mind. Like that scene, how he looks, the two sons. Like I'm the like music. I'm, the, it's Dude, just, John Williams it's went way thing, too man. hard in, with the music. Like it, it's such a simple scene of him looking to the sunset, but that music is oh my god! Like Dude, if it's the style, you know, it's a space opera. It's just a giant space opera. It's like yeah. I want that. Great. I want to be in front of two sons and just stand there. Like I want the music. I want everything. That's definitely it. Like yeah, that's gonna be my first tattoo like i was literally just thinking about it yesterday because i work at the star wars store in downtown disney and they have this new mug that i just bought and it's like a tattooing mug that star wars came out and it's so beautiful and it has the two sons with luke skywalker there and i'm like i need to get this tattoo soon like i've been wanting it i'm gonna get it so i'm already thinking already like how am i gonna afford it i don't know but i'm gonna get it (laughs) where are you gonna get it at I'm thinking kind of like between my shoulder to my elbow. I want it to be, um, I want the suns. Like, I kind of want it to look like a landscape where I have the two suns. That's the most important thing to me. But I also want Luke Skywalker to be like a silhouette with his little hut. Like, I just want a super, like, simple aesthetic. Like, that's what, I don't know. I don't want it to be like a super big old scene that people have. I just want it to do, like, beautifully aesthetic you know like outlines yeah just a minimal yeah like a minimal but like it's just i don't know just simply beautiful because that's what i look at that scene i don't see it as like a big thing i just see it like man like it's just so simple but it's i like it it's nice it means a lot yeah it means a lot to me what are you Dave? you want to get any tattoos after star wars uh you know when you were talking about that tattoo i was thinking of the exact same thing (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that I was, for us. Dude, oh my God, I was thinking like the two sons, but instead of having solo, I mean a, a, a Luke, just like having like just the landscape. Oh, that's nice. So it's just two sons in the landscape, and that's it. Nice, nice, nice. So she's I like that. super subtle. Dope, yeah. I mean, uh, I've been wanting to get a tattoo as well. Um, I want to get on my forearm. We all get tattoos after this. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I tattoos. I want to get a, a yin-yang um, on my forearm, but I want to, like, implement stars with it. So instead of just the basic circles, I want to do a TIE fighter and X-wing fighter. Ooh. And and like the circle possibly like if it's possible like do a Death Star type of thing. Oh, or like, Ooh, I, I was thinking I'm like, is it gonna be a Death, Death Star? Star. <laughs> yeah, you know, like something different like that. Like I want to implement Yin Yang with Star Wars just because that mm-hmm. with myself I think um, Star Wars is all about balance. You know, like that's one of the main premises of like what the Force is mm-hmm. is balance, and that's why. Um, and we'll get later on into like with the Last Jedi and like how they like Luke learn that the, the, the jedi shouldn't control like there is not their place to control like what's going on is not their mm-hmm. place to control the good or bad it's their place to understand the force and like to respect it and like understand there's a balance with it you know yeah. but yeah um going into now well, empire strikes back to be honest i thought you were going to get a tattoo like yoda or something because i know that you love that one quote about him so i was like huh. yoda is for sure probably one of my favorite characters of all time because he's the embodiment of wisdom mm. you know yeah. but you know as time goes by you realize that even his wisdom could be flawed and like it there's there's an a there's an extreme with it and like that's something i learned with uh, empire strikes back you know because like he's training luke and like and luke is obviously like he's a teenager he's impatient you know he's he's eager to learn but doesn't understand the importance or the, the even the weight of what he's learning you know and he's mm-hmm. asking all these questions and in, instead of yoda helping him he's like like no more questions clear your mind mm-hmm. i'm like is that really the best thing to do though like clear his mind because he's still gonna have these questions after you know so like that's something i like about yoda and like just what i like about in general star wars is that yes i mean luke is this grand legend you know but at the end of the day he's also human yeah <laughs> you know like he's flawed mm-hmm. just like everyone else mm-hmm. and with like with empire strikes back i recently just rewatched that again like two days ago god damn it's such a good movie like the yeah. fact that it starts off with the battle of hoth like all like already like super like you're already like holy shit what's going on you know yeah mm-hmm. it's so beautiful and it's and like the fact that it has one of the biggest plot twists in in cinema history with darth vader like imagine i thought you're gonna the sibling kiss <laughs> no but it, it, it i mean like we didn't even find out their siblings for the next movie that's true. That's, that was another that's plot true. twist you know so but like in that one how when uh, Darth Vader meets with Emperor Palpatine, he mentions how Luke is the son of Skywalker, of Anakin Skywalker. Like we, at that moment, like in theaters, when people are watching it for the first time, they don't know really much yeah. about like, Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader, and just how even Obi Wan like, like changed and switched his words. You know, tricked his words, saying that Darth Vader killed Anakin, which it it was in a metaphorical sense because Darth mm-hmm. Vader and Anakin are like two different people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that's so interesting. What I love about Darth Vader and Anakin okay. is that it's such a complex character because they really do have two different personalities you know mm-hmm. literally um i mean i guess that's um even though people talk you know a lot of shit about the prequels i think that's where at least to me if it wasn't for the prequels we wouldn't have an understanding about darth vader like we wouldn't know who who he is like obviously because you know we didn't know he was anakin skywalker until like what the third one so I'm like I was like what yeah. the you know it's it's like we had to give the prequels a little bit more you know a little bit more credit because it did tell us a lot of details about 
the original trilogy yeah. that we didn't know. Yeah. It did set the stage, just yes. like Dave Filoni said in that um, mm-hmm. gallery uh, video. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I- exactly, like... Even how like the fan like Dave Filoni how he mentioned how he like how he explained the Phantom uh, Menace yeah. and how important like this like the mm-hmm. duel between Qui Gon Jinn yeah do do the fate how it literally was the fate of this child and how everything changed because Qui Gon Jinn died yeah like he would have been that father figure to Anakin that he needed like Anakin he's a fucking slave like he like he was a, raised by a single mother he's been through so much you know and he's been through so much to the point where you start to understand how he goes to the dark side. Yeah, the Dave Filoni interview that we're talking about is, is on Mandalorian, you know, when he's mm-hmm. in the art gallery uh, with the other directors. Oh my god, I love that series. Remember how obsessed I was? Like, I was watching every episode, super obsessed, because it was so good. It was gorgeous. Like, the Mandalorian itself, it, it deserves its own <laughs> fucking episode to just mention how beautiful it is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, like, yeah, just how he mentioned how Duel of the Fates, you know, it literally was oh, the yeah. fate of this child, and... How, like, I mean, George Lucas literally created Star Wars, and p- people forget that, like, yeah, prequels might not have been, like, so, like, um, I guess might not have been executed the way they thought they were, or but, cinematically pleasing because, you know, obviously a lot of it's like back in the day, so I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, George, like, he literally created Star Wars, and even he said that Hayden Christensen played the perfect Anakin. Yeah. You know, and like, when you look at it, like, he's, I, Anakin isn't supposed to be this grand person either. He's super flawed. He's super, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of like tra- trauma like behind him you know he literally like in attack of the clones he literally like murdered an entire fucking village of tuscan raiders mm-hmm. you know because they killed his mom and like yes you like he killed children and women <laughs> but you know they killed his mom <laughs> yeah you know and then like just um actually we're going too far ahead let's go back to empire strikes back <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um but yeah, I mean, also like just going back on how like Obi Wan lied about Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader, and then Luke learning with Yoda. I think it was only like literally a few days, if not like a week or so, that he was with him, you know. And then like mm-hmm. he senses that Han and Leia are in danger, and he leaves, and he promises to come back. But then at the same time, you never know what's gonna happen, and he goes off to face Vader by himself. And at this point, he doesn't know who Vader is. He just knows he's a bad guy. He needs to be stopped. And to learn that it was his father literally turned his world upside down. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, this whole time, I didn't even know I had a father. He's like, Uncle Ben lied to me, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and he just jumped off. And Darth Vader, like, you know, when he jumped off, like, even though it's just, like, a one-second scene and you can't see his face, you see his arms fall down, like, kind of, like, sad, like, shit. Like, he left, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, dude, that whole movie, like, it was just... My my three favorite movies, (laughs) surprisingly, are... are, uh, (laughs) Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, and The Last Jedi. And all of those, except for The Last Jedi, but Revenge of the Sith and Empire Strikes Back has to do with, like, not, like, not fully resolved. Like, like not a good, not a good ending, kind of. You yeah. Because mm-hmm. Luke gets his, his hand cut off. He, um, he escapes barely with his life, you know, and, like, they're on the run right now. Even Lando's on the run, you know, and same thing with Revenge of the Sith, literally, like, the end of the Jedi. Yeah. You know? But then, like, to see how he how much luke has grown into like the return of jedi which i feel like a lot of people like that's why they love luke so much is to see how much he's grown from empire strikes back to return of jedi mm-hmm. you know because like return of jedi like 
he was full-on like jedi by this point you know like he was super calm super collected co- compared to this boy who was super impatient learning yeah. about not understanding what the force is yeah yep you know and then going into jabba's palace being super calm and collected like i'm gonna give you one last chance like yeah. are you sure you want to do this like this will be your doom not mine like he's like super like you know it's just it's so cool just seeing that big transformation i mean if you i guess you can say this is more like a like pickier in film but even like if you notice his costumes from new hope to empire strikes back and to um, return the jedi the colors change in him so obviously even before you you know actually i guess you pay attention to his character his costume itself is telling you like this guy is going through changes because he went from wearing all white in new hope to wearing all black and revenge like revenge system <laughs> return of the jedi so it's just crazy how he also changes his lightsaber yeah. color he also changes lightsaber color so it's this those little things where noticing after you know taking film classes i'm like like after college i remember seeing like all the films again and i was like wow like i never noticed these things when i was little <laughs> like that's crazy like they're literally telling you as you're watching like visual storytelling the visual t- storytelling where yeah. it's like there's changes happening and it's happening really fast to him oh my god i mean um this not really has to do with what you said but just like the ending of empire strikes back when um when the millennium falcon leaves the star destroyer and mm-hmm. darth vader is there and like they failed and everyone around him is just so tense like what the fuck is he gonna do because at this point he killed two of his like two um admirals who were in charge of the fucking star destroyer he just killed him because they failed yeah and this third one failed and yeah. like they're all there and they're all just like like sending their intention like what the fuck is he gonna do and he just mm-hmm. walks away like just that itself of like how quiet he was and like how he just slowly walks away and yeah. says nothing that just has to do with so much of like what he is dealing with inside internally you know mm-hmm. but yeah you know and then going to return of jedi like it was like it was crazy how like it was just this grand battle from space to like the battle of endor you know yeah. Oh my god, Endor, yes. Yeah, and then like... I want to go there. I want to live there. Endor is gorgeous. <laughs> I want to be there with the Ewoks. Like, just me with the Ewoks there. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy how, like, originally, like, there was supposed to be Wookiees, too. Like, I know. Like, how, how different would that have been if it was Wookiees? It was supposed to be Wookiees before? Yeah, mm-hmm. George Lucas, like, um, it was, he was supposed to be... It was Wookiees, but then yeah. he wanted to add, like, something more child-friendly. So that's why he implemented the Ewoks. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I believe he was getting the reviews back then were a lot, like oh it's not kid friendly like you got you got a guy cutting his arm off like you know the last movie so it's like what the heck man and now the dad wants to kill the kid like what's going on so yeah he had an ewoks to kind of be a little you know a little friendly a little child they're so cute like i remember seeing them um me and my sister went to like an 80s night at disneyland and they have them there, and they're so cute and small. And all I wanted to do is carry them and go. Like <laughs> I just wanted to shake them because they're so cute. I love them so much. You know, I'm kind of glad he, he put the Ewoks in because I mean, it, it, it's appealing to the kids, right? And that's where all of us came grew from. Up, like, grew yeah. up. We grew up watching yeah. all these movies, right? So, like, you know, <laughs> the fact that it was like Ewoks. I mean, it could have been Chewbacca's too, but it's still like. It's, it was a very appealing to all of us when we were growing up and watching these movies, and so we just like gotten more into it mm-hmm. yeah no totally i mean that's one of the first things i remember um with like my earliest memories of star wars is ewoks yeah, yeah. yeah. like darth vader and ewoks were like the two things i remember the most but yeah like ewoks are they're i mean they're so adorable and it just it just blows my mind though how like 
the reality if you think about the reality of that battle of endor like these little three foot creatures were fighting against like atsts with fucking missiles and guns and like giant things and they mm-hmm. somehow ended up winning <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> you know but i mean it's just as part of the story but yeah like is um and they just you know they look so funny when they're walking it's just like <laughs> they're kind of like wobbling <laughs> yeah and then while they're fighting you're just like oh my god i don't know what to do like they're just so cute i want to cry <laughs> Dude, even when some of them like die, like in the scenes, you're just oh, like, oh, you got my sad. God. Even now, when I see it, and like you hear it die, you're like, oh, like it's so painful, man. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. Feels so bad for them. Yeah, I know, but like I, I loved my favorite part of like the whole movie though is with um between Luke and Vader. Like I realized my favorite, my favorite parts of Star Wars in original trilogy has to be oh, between like, Luke and Vader. They're really intense yeah. parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dialogue, so you know, not really mm-hmm. the action, but the dialogue, and then. There's just there's this YouTube channel called Adat Chat that um, he mm-hmm. would uh, dissect and analyze lightsaber duels. And he oh analyzed. yeah, I think it's you told I showed me about you. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, dude, if you haven't seen it, it's this guy does such a good job. He literally talks about from the different forms mm-hmm. and movements mm-hmm. to like the the context of what it's playing to the story, you know. And specifically when it came to like Return of the Jedi, how Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, how like when he was fighting vader like he, at first he was passive even vader like they weren't really trying to kill each other yeah but then once vader like um brought in leia like the emotions mm-hmm. came in and luke literally tapped into the dark side like he literally tapped into the dark side of force so you went you, you saw him from like being passive defensive to like being aggressive towards vader where he literally cut off his arm and after that you see vader's mechanic arm and then it reminds luke like holy shit like i'm like that like that's a part of me literally and metaphorically like yeah we're both machine but not just that but we're both like he's my father Mm -hmm. you know like do i really want to kill him like and then it uses the same shot as like from the last jedi where he was about to um yeah he's about to like do it Mm -hmm. the same thing to ben solo you know yeah but yeah, just little things like that. And then how the Emperor, like, he laughs and, like, he, like, he enjoys seeing all this pain and suffering. That evil fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Palpatine is another character. I'm just, like, you. we don't really know a lot about him. But what we do know, it's like, damn, dude, you're, like, evil. Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always wonder because, um, mm-hmm. like, in the prequels, Palpatine literally, like, you know, um, he, like, he, right, not brainwashed, but he manipulated Anakin, you know? Mm-hmm. He would even, he tried to pretend to play that father figure with him as well, mm-hmm. like, in Revenge of the Sith, you know? And to see how, like, it, it, it's like, the, the the relation between Master and Apprentice or with Sith is very, like, weird because um you like i couldn't imagine it being very manipulative and toxic you know yeah. but also there is a form of like bond as well you know mm-hmm. between them and it didn't really like obviously in in, it didn't go in depth with that obviously in the original trilogy but it was just um it's interesting how like they go in depth with that with like the show such as maul you know um Darth Maul itself himself i'm so glad they brought him back like it would have been a shame if literally all like to see the potential of what he had which yeah. which they fulfilled yeah. And then getting rid of him in the Phantom, like in, in the Phantom Menace, was like I'm so glad Dave Filoni brought him back. Yeah, I definitely think that um, Darth Maul is definitely one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely think that Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters. Like even when I saw him in the pre- like the prequels, I remember I was only like. Mm, I mean, he was super nine. cool. Look, like he he looks <laughs> super cool. Like the, his design is super. 
I mean, they literally designed him to look evil. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, and then to literally like red flag spikes. Like, yeah. That's really evil. Like, pick him out of a store. Have like a line of people would be like, "Who's the evil person?" Definitely. Yeah, you know, I know, like, there was, like, a little form of, like, like it was, like, demonic looking, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, with the horns, you know? And his eyes, come on, like... The Sith eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Sith eyes itself is such an interesting concept, how, like, Sith, when they're fully in the dark side, like, their eyes turn orange. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The that, ring of fire. The ring of fire, yeah. And it's so interesting how Kylo never had that in the entire the entire trilogy. That's true. Yeah. I remember I did bring that up with Caesar, like, when the trilogy... I think that was like, one of the first questions I asked you. I'm like... Did you not notice his eyes never went like the yellowish, orangish color like the Sith goes? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, it that... just show, but like that just shows how conflicted he was his yeah. entire time and how mm-hmm. complex that is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's also why his parents, you know, um, Leia and, and Han thought he, he could come back. Yeah, because yeah. like they never saw, like, never, even after he killed his father, like that should have been a that trigger. automatically, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, that's so cool. And then how Darth Maul is, literally, you've never seen him not yellow. Yeah. Just because he's always had that hate, you know, inside mm-hmm. of him. And to see how that character has evolved from, like, um, from the shows, like, the Clone Wars shows, how, like, they returned him and his, like, his only goal was to get revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and then, like, oh, my God, one of my favorite lightsaber lightsabers of all time is from the Clone Wars show when Palpatine fights uh, Maul and oh, Savage yeah. Press. Yeah, have yeah, you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, also that was like, you never seen you never see Palpatine so much in action. So like that was just gold for everything from seeing Palpatine in action mm-hmm. to like Darth Maul to just a lightsaber duel in general. Like motherfuckers fucking laughing while being two v one versus two of the strongest people in the universe. This guy's just having so much fun, you know. He's like, yay! And dude, and dude, that's what, dude, that's what's crazy how like Palpatine laughs so much, you know, when he's when like not really there's danger but like he just laughs in chaos like he yeah. laughs when those he when he thrives it was, in it yeah like he like he was like laughing and enjoying his time watching luke and vader mm-hmm. he was laughing while he was fighting yoda like he and then he's laughing while he's fighting like darth maul and, and everyone's like Press. breaking a sweat like damn dude, like, holy like, shit i'm about to die like, this motherfucker <laughs> so like, to freaking like, run man jesus he's like am i winning or am i losing because <laughs> i feel like i'm winning but you're laughing <laughs> it's like yeah. training lessons from him <laughs> i know dude. but yeah i mean the Phantom Apprentice for sure has, the like, one of the best live-action lightsaber duels. But also, I mean, that was one of the main points of the prequels, that mm-hmm. it was the height of the Jedi, which means it was the height of the art of lightsaber duels, you know? So, like, his, like the George Lucas, but, like, purposely, like, that's one of the things he, he, he focused on with the prequels is, like, seeing how, like, this is the peak of the Jedi. We need to demonstrate that, you know? Because, yeah. obviously, in the original trilogy, it was only Obi-Wan. He's super old. Yep. Yoda's super old. So, you never got to see that, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, like that's something I love about the prequels mm-hmm. is that it showed, like, it showed the, the true potential of, like, how powerful Jedi could be. Yeah. I Even, guess, oh, I go never, ahead. No, it's like, I guess I never noticed it like that. I mean, I, I didn't know that, that that was his main point about... The Jedi's being at their peak. It makes sense, obviously, because this is when the Jedi's were alive. But, huh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, the Jedi's have been in power for, like, a long time at yeah. that point. You know? Yeah. Um, and even, like, for your, your mention, like, the, the live-action, like, Jedi scenes and stuff, like, they're, they're battling each other. Um, the one with Anakin and Obi-Wan at Revenge of the Sith is probably, like, the best. It's the best one. Song. Yeah, because it's both, they're both at the peak of their, yeah. of, of like, their peak. Like, yeah. it's literally the peak, you know, from Anakin. Oh, like. Favorite fight in the They, they trained for weeks on that. Yeah. Which is and crazy. According to George Lucas, that uh, um, Hayden Christensen is, to this day, the best fighter with the lightsaber. Like, 
he says that he knows how to work the lightsaber he, like i was seeing this interview um from that time and george lucas was in awe because he struggled with um Ewan, Ewan McGregor, mm -hmm. because he would always do like the sounds. Oh, so yeah. he would always have to stop and be like, like you, like, phew. Yeah, like, and he's just like, stop making the sounds. <laughs> like, we're going to make the sounds later because they have to also block it, you know, yeah. and block the sound. So he would say, like, Hayden Christians just had just this like flow to him. Like, you can see the rage, you can see the like the strength in him, and that's what he wanted for Anakin. Like, he wanted Anakin to just look supernatural with it. So. It's just crazy that he's still to this day, even better than Adam Driver, like still to this day, a really good fighter. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like just to like come off of that uh, with the different lightsaber colors, you know, Anakin had a blue lightsaber color and like what blue lightsaber represented to the Jedi was uh, mastering swordsman, mastering mm -hmm. in, in, fi in fighting, you know, in the art of lightsaber combat, while green was more on the connection to the force. Which is what I love how Luke turned into green lightsaber in Return of Jedi because it, it, sh it showed, you know, through him and his actions that he was more connected to the Force rather than combat oriented. Anakin mm -hmm. like, was the opposite. So it's like, it was like he was the perfect Anakin, you know, he yeah. Yeah, was because, yeah. because of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, also just like Attack of Clones is probably my least favorite Star Wars of any. But even it's <laughs> even that itself has a lot of great moments, like from mm -hmm. Count Dooku, you know, to like uh, Count Dooku like fighting Yoda and like and kicking he, Anakin's um, ass. General Grievous. General yeah. Grievous. Mm -hmm. No, it was General Grievous. In? Yeah, I think he was. Is no, it? wait. No, he was in he Revenge was in, of Yeah, never mind. Take the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but like also Count Dooku, they never give him too much credit, but he's honestly like, he's also one of the best swordsmen, and like he like, when he was a Jedi, he was one of the most powerful swordsmen. I mean go back to working at the Star Wars store, I get to actually, like, you know, you know, yield the lightsabers and show it to, like, people. And his, for me, and by far, is one of my favorites. It's the heaviest lightsaber. Oh, yeah. It's really, it's a very weird shape. Like, you would think Kylo Ren's weird because, like, not weird, but it's, like, you know, extra because it has two little lightsabers. Like, no, like, his is, like, curved. And it has a little spiky thing at the end. So he literally has, like, the whole thing is a weapon itself. So it's pretty cool, like... You know, obviously his might have not been that heavy like ours is, but it's like still, it's like the length of it. Like, damn, this guy must have a lot of strength in him to wield that kind of lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, also, and it's just so interesting how polar opposite Count Dooku was compared to Anakin. Because, like, Count Dooku, mm -hmm. he grew up in royalty. Like, he grew up already with status, you know? And when he entered a Jedi, he already had that, that, like, I mean, that edge on him. Yoda was his master. Yeah, the whole thing. Yoda was like, come master, on. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anakin was a freaking slave. Yeah. You know, and to see how Palpatine went from his apprentice of Count Dooku to like this whole time he was just manipulating him to like get into Anakin, you know, mm -hmm. it was just really cool. Like just understanding that context of like the polar opposites and like where Anakin comes from and how different he is compared to everyone else, you mm -hmm. know? That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like the clone, like what I liked about attack of the clones is that it, it it led to the clone wars you know and then the, mm -hmm. the show itself clone wars is probably one of my some of my favorite star wars ever and then you get the romance you know with anakin and padme you start seeing the little relationship building yeah which he which like george lucas had to do that because he had mm -hmm. to show the importance of how much padme meant to anakin and yeah. how like how scared anakin was to lose I think it's cute yeah. i like yeah. that i like to see their little moment um and then you know when you see them together and where was it when they when they they had to battle their those animals? oh in geonosis yes 
So, I mean, I, I think it's it's really important just to see that kind of side of Anakin where it was, he, you know, even though he changed at the end of Revenge of the Sith, like, you knew he cared. Like, yeah, you he know? always yeah. cared. Like, he always cared. That, that's something that um, they really went in depth with, with the Clone Wars is mm-hmm. that, like, he would always be in the front line with his men. Like, yeah. his men, like, like they had, a, like, a mutual respect. He, he saw them as people. Like, even in Revenge of the Sith, the first five minutes when they're just flying through, um, like, like the Battle of Coruscant in space, how, like, before they're going on a ship, Anakin saw that some of his clone troopers were having, like, were, were in trouble. He wanted to go back to help him. And Obi-Wan was like, no, like, they're doing their mission. We need to do ours. Like, just small things like that shows how much Anakin cares about people in general, you know? And, like, that's I mean, something he that... he freaking carried Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, he would have... <laughs> he was knocked out and, and the Sith was like... Dude, he was carrying Obi Wan plus the Chancellor and just yeah. like, just like holding you know. Him. So it's I I mean that's why I mean Anakin's still such a great character because you can just see the dynamic and I think that's why for me personally it broke my heart even more to find out. So yeah, it broke my heart at the end of Revenge of the Sith to find out he was Darth Vader, obviously because as a kid, like, you know, I didn't know anything about stars when I first watched Revenge of the Sith. So when I found out he was Darth Vader, I was like holy shit like this i was like what the heck this song like i liked him he was so good and now he turns into like a bad guy but as old like now being older and understanding it's it's a, it's a little sad because like, you're just it, like man like poor dude was just trying to be his best self and everybody around him had different plans for him yeah and they wanted him to go here but then like once he accepted what they wanted they didn't want him anymore you know so you're he's kind of just like what do i do now like you know he just wants to be with padme and he can't share that because jedis aren't supposed to be in a relationship so yeah i mean that's that was also part of like the jedi's fault like their problems of like what like Mm -hmm. like because relationships are super important like i mean they do like even the master apprentice of Jedi was a form of like brotherhood to like father and son type of thing, you yeah. know. Like mm-hmm. and like if you notice, every single a master and Padawan had a close relationship with its like which itself was hypocrit like hypocritical, you yeah. know, for like yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. they're saying, oh, you can't have relationships, but like either way, I'm going to raise you, and yeah. like we're going to have a relationship. Like what the heck? But yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, Obi Wan literally said like, you're uh, you're, you're my, my brother, brother in the game. Yeah, it's like. No, okay, we can't be like family. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's because like yeah, they understand. Like, like they're trying to say like to control your emotions, not let the emotions get the best of you, because that's what leads to the, like the dark side apparently. But that's just like an absolute itself, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, if if you if you get attached, you're going to like get be afraid of losing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that, but at the same time, like, like Anakin's human. Like, also like this guy's had a troubled past. Like, he literally lost his mother and stuff. So. Like, like died yeah. in his arms, like. <laughs> so. But yeah, for sure, Revenge of the Sith is like my favorite movie of all time. That one's super easy for me to rewatch, just because like so yeah. much happens, like the Battle of Kuros- Coruscant, the Battle of Kashyyyk in a Wookiee planet, yeah. mm-hmm. from Count Dooku dying to General Grievous dying, to Order sixty six, to Anakin turning to the dark side, to Anakin and Obi Wan like fighting to the death and anakin becoming darth vader like so yeah. much happens yep, in that yeah. movie and it happens like it's like it's it's so like beautifully made like that's something about the prequels that like you i have to like to like love like george lucas for like yeah sure the whole thing made him not been the best but i always personally like to focus on a positive rather than negative yeah on anything you know so if i'm able to enjoy it then i like it 
Yeah. I agree. I agree because that's why, I mean, we grew up technically with the prequels. You know, we didn't grow up with the originals. Yeah, we no, grew yeah. Up with the prequels, we watched them. Like our parents legit, like took us took to us the movies. The theaters. Yeah, I still and we remember that. It. Right. <laughs> Watching episode three when like the the camera tilted down and it was just like you see the the cruiser. Yeah. And then, then the starships come right over. You know. Oh my god! It's just like I was so giddy as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I would. You know, I think the first one I was probably a little bit like I wasn't paying attention too much. The second one, I think I didn't pay attention to the end. I mean, the pacing the, itself it like yeah. didn't help. You know. But. So Revenge of the Sith, I think, was the first one that really just like made me think, holy shit. I love Star Wars. Like it's so good because I understood what was happening throughout the whole film. It wasn't just like it was it was it's captivating, you know, and watching it now, twenty seven years old, way later, I still think like it's it just goes so smoothly for me. Like I could just watch it over and over again because I always feel like I I see something different every time. Or I see a different perspective and I don't know, it's just like this thing Revenge of the Sith is A one. We're just loving the action. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's also part of, like, the, the amazing bit of it, too. Yeah, there's so the much action to it. But, like, all so the sad. action is necessary as well to, like, what's going on in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Palpatine's a genius, man. The fact that, like, this man, like, he literally created the entire Clone Wars. He created the Separatists. He created the Clone Army. Like, yeah. he, he, he was able sides. to rise to power. He did, like, like he created tiny little chip to click them like around yeah, an inhibitor chip that like just made him like <laughs> like just brainwash everyone to like turn on their own generals and these people that they've been serving for years mm-hmm. like how crazy and like they go in depth with that with the show the clone wars which yeah. i love you know and i mean dude that's why i love the clone wars just because it like it really does shine more light and context of like how impactful the clone wars was to the mm-hmm. entire galaxy like this was a, like a galactic civil war that was going on like yeah because the separatists at the end of the day they're just trying to like um like the reason why like the war started was because like the grand army like um the republic itself was like was trying to like control too much and these mm-hmm. separatists didn't want that like they wanted more free power more like power within each 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 system solar system i was gonna say mm-hmm. state you know but like but like, i mean that has to do exactly with um there's a lot of politics that, has to, has, that plays with star wars you know yeah and george lucas does, does that on purpose you know like he like he, he talks about how like the difference between state power and like and federal power pretty much mm-hmm. he uses that analogy through the galactic universe of like of of systems you know yeah. and like it's just yeah it's just so cool how like he created this universe and it made us like fall in love with it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I guess I'll calm myself out here. I haven't watched the whole Clone Wars show. <laughs> show. Um, I've only watched certain episodes that like luckily Disney Plus puts to, like, you know, they put together. The essential episodes? Yeah, they put together mm. the essential episodes to kind of know what's going to happen and go. And my brother's been literally like bugging the shit out of me to watch it since like for years. And I do watch those episodes. I just haven't watched it all together. So there's, I know I can't tell you like episode 56 is about this because I don't know. But from what I do watch, yeah, it's like there's definitely a lot of details they show within all of the like characters. Yeah. And I mean, come on, they they showed us Ahsoka. So that's a big thing. Yeah, they created Ahsoka. They brought back Maul. Also, Mm -hmm. like throughout the show, there's always been small hints of Anakin using the dark side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From him literally like force choking people to him like questioning the Jedi. Like all of this has been like, like the the show does such a good job also 
um, also like preparing him for what's going on in Revenge of the Sith, where he's already like been tapping into the dark side of force, like just randomly, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, there was an arc in the, in the Clone Wars where he like they literally like went to a mystical um, planet. Like did you see mm-hmm. that one where like it was like they literally like met the gods of of the force. Yeah, and true. like they knew he was the chosen one because he's the only one who was able to control the the daughter and the son. The the son was in charge of like the son was the embodiment of the dark side of the force. The daughter was the embodiment of the light side of the force. And like and only the chosen one could control them. And and like they had so they went with Ahsoka and Obi Wan, and both of the like both of the children had one of each, and Anakin had to choose, but he couldn't choose. So he decided that's when he found out like he he controlled both, and that's when he found out he was the chosen one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, really good nuggets of information from the Clone Wars series, which is really great, you know? Like, you were saying before about Anakin, it's, like, going from, like, slowly, like, little bits of pieces of him going from light side to dark side, and it's just, like, ramping up towards, like, the end of the seasons, and then you get, you know, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and exactly, and also, there's a lot of, like, themes, or um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of themes that they covered in Clone Wars, such as, like, human trafficking, there was zombies, there was uh, terrorism, like, there, there's all these different um, topics that, like, they, that, like, were not, re- that were not really child, like, child-friendly, mm-hmm. you know, that the Clone Wars did, which was super cool. <laughs> it's like a cartoon, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I, I remember watching it when it first came out on Cartoon Network, and then mm-hmm. I rewatched it again when it went on Netflix. Yeah, and then the last season was fucking amazing. I'm so glad they, they did that last season, and then it, it led to the Bad Batch, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, speaking of the Bad Batch, that's literally what happens after Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Hittery, sadly, she hasn't I have seen not it. watched it, guys. I'm sorry. Oh I God. work, like, 24-7, <laughs> and I work nights, so it's kind of like, I get home, I go to sleep, I eat, I and I go back to work. My homies at my work will stand by me. I don't have time to watch movies right now, but I told Caesar I'm going to watch it today. Unfortunately, I couldn't watch it before this because I had to take care of my cat, but yeah, we'll I, I gave her homework. She has homework to do. <laughs> I know. I have homework to yeah. do now. And I'm like, he told me this before, but I was like, dude, I can't. I don't have time. But I promise I'll watch it, guys. I yeah. promise. I mean, the, I mean, the episode was an hour long, huh? It was, I think, yeah. It was, it was like, like an hour and 20 minutes. It was like pretty much like, almost like a feature-length film Yeah. for the first episode. I know. It was so cool, like, how, I mean, like, only the first episode came out right now while we're recording this, but it's... It, it's already like the first episode did such a good job kind of giving a sense of where the story is like gonna go you know yeah. and like it's so cool how it's transitioning from the clone wars to the empire mm-hmm. they also that 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 itself they did a pretty good job like changing the tonal shifts you know seeing how all all these clones are acting different because of the inhibitor chip and how these like the bad batch notices that you know yeah. they're like wow yeah. like these regs literally really are different yeah and uh I mean, we should probably say uh, spoilers. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. You're fine. I'm a person that I don't mind spoilers. Like, I'm gonna watch it anyway, so yeah. just go for it. If you guys don't hear me, it's because I'm just talking. <laughs> yeah, but like, like you know, um, I like that they introduced Order sixty six at the very, very beginning, so we can just like get right onto what the, ha- the, the story is afterwards. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we all know what happens on Order sixty six, right? We just don't know how it applied to exactly everywhere on the world, and now it applied to the clones too, because we didn't really get that information from like the, the the series and everything else. Yeah. Um. So I thought it was really, really great about that that about the Bad Batch. Yeah, I know, and also like this, like what blows my mind about the Bad Batch is that since it's an animated show, one man voices every single fucking clone. Yeah. Dude, like the amount of range this man has. Hold up, I'm gonna find out his name really quick. 
D. Bradley Baker. This man has literally played at least like over a hundred different clones, and each clone has its own like personality. And now for him to have his own show where he has five of the like major characters in that show, if not the main characters of that show, to be him and like voice him, and like you could like you could totally like like get lost with it because he does such a good job like like literally like each each character you can like you you can tell how they're different with the way they talk their tone and their personality yeah, you know yeah. and damn like you said he's like dude he's making so much money right now he has a whole show on itself like damn. you know that must be so exhausting though like as a voice actor man also like, mentally imagine having no, yeah, to like switch the personalities of like of who you are you that know? guy must be in therapy because i <laughs> literally would be so like I don't know what character I'm playing today, guys. <laughs> I know, yeah. like, and like to have a fuck, like to have like, imagine like having a, like a shelf full of um, envelopes of personalities that you just need to like pick, like pick up from. Like that's literally what he's doing with his head. Like, okay, today I'm playing Rex. Oh, today I'm playing Hunter. Like right now I'm playing um, like Echo. Like okay, cool. All right now I need, now I need to take out that envelope. Who who is he? Okay, let me play him. Yeah. And, and there's they're all different that's what's so crazy about it you know like they all literally talk differently like from like the way they talk it's that this man yeah definitely deserves recognition yeah. so people have like that really good talent though doing that like i have like yeah. two friends one voice actors in, are crazy yeah. like that I have, two, I have two friends and one of them is in the industry and he, he like we we're talking once and he was just like, switching between all these characters like mm-hmm. like just like that and i'm just like how do you even do that it's so funny oh that's yeah. for sure a skill i have a friend that does um like more animated like animals and she was doing like sounds and i was just like what (laughs) i I (laughs) wish you're doing that with your voice what the heck (laughs) i wish i had that i wish i had that talent i would love to be a voice actor that would be so much imagine answering the phone like that like going to drive through (laughs) imagine doing drive through and just like fucking with people yeah (laughs) okay it'll be a dangerous weapon to have (laughs) (laughs) yeah no for reals but yeah i mean the bad batch i'm really excited to see where it's gonna go it looks like um I mean, yeah, like Crosshair, like he's, you know, like it looks like he he might be the main antagonist. We'll see how it is. We'll see how that show goes. Is, but um, Dave Filoni part of this? Yeah, yeah. Is he? He's a part of it. Like, he's a god. I, I, re- I really hope Star Dave Filoni god. ends up taking the mantle of like executive producer for Lucasfilm because so far this Dude, man, yes. everything he's done has been amazing from the Clone he Wars to the Mandalorian yeah. to the mm-hmm. Bad Batch, like everything he's done, like. Yeah, so like I mean, after he the bad makes batch, me cry. Like his interviews that I've seen him do, oh my god! Is you can just tell like this dude is a non toxic, hardcore Star Wars fan. Super fan. Like he's a super fan, and I just admire his knowledge and I admire how much love he puts in, into Star Wars because obviously at the end of the day, you know, Lucasfilm has a lot of people saying what to do and. You know, but people like him are the reason why it's still so lovable. And it works. Like, and it works. Yeah, I mean, also, so like, what he's done with Rebels, like, he created the Rebel show. And, like, on, like that's, that show, I feel like, is really underappreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel a lot of people aren't, like, too, like, um, like, too lured into that show because there's not really a lot of main characters. They're, they're all new characters, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just such a good job. I think Ahsoka like, comes in there, right? Yeah, Ahsoka comes Darth back. Vader and Darth comes Maul in. as well. Mm-hmm. yeah and um what like i i would watch a lot of behind the scenes and like interviews about like dave filoni and with dave filoni and like a lot of the voice actors said how he was such a big help because before each scene he would literally run down the context of what's going on yeah. before the scene and during the scene and like you know like what's gonna happen after after the scene and like 
just for him to have that much knowledge and energy to put in to yeah. want, want that much depth with each scene was just amazing it's just beautiful yeah. like we need people like that you know yeah i would if i one day not if it's gonna happen i already manifested i'm going to work with lucas film today it's gonna happen <laughs> but the energy on man that's you, yeah that's i'm you, putting that's my energy out. that's something i think about every day i wake up and i know it but the day i do that's one man i definitely want to have a conversation with that is one man i like, want to have a conversation with too i'm like i just want to talk to him and pick his brain and just man like just tell me tell me what you're thinking like i don't even care if you want to go russian but tell me like i just want to know everything you know about star wars and just like you know i just, I just like that you know that in the star wars community there's a lot of toxic people i mean i feel like every fandom has it, yeah and exactly. star wars is not yeah. an exception but but he, anything that's like a lot of like major passion you're yeah gonna find that yeah and that's what i love about him is that i relate to him as a fan where he does he loves star wars for what it is with his flaws with its imperfections he loves it and i just i don't know i just love him yes i like love dave's i'm gonna get a shirt like that says yeah i mean i love dave <laughs> yeah like just look, at, just look at what he did with the mandalorian a live action star wars show at first it started with like the mandalorian then season two every everyone oh that he's God, brought into so the second good. season yeah like it's incredible how all of that is also leading to like the expansion of shows you know mm-hmm. like he brought in boba fett after being dead for like 30 years since the and return it makes of the Jedi. sense on top of that when he came back because i was a little confused when like i think we talked about yeah. it. we're just like how is boba fett gonna come in this because the dude's been dead like how is this gonna happen because my confusion i'm not saying i'm not gonna talk bad about boba fett fans I just didn't understand the love because I'm like, I don't know anything about oh, it. I, mean, it's I remember I had to explain it to you that time. It's because the comics goes in depth with how badass yeah. it was. Yeah, and that's what he badass. told me. Like, like, oh my God. Because yeah. I asked David, <laughs> I was just like, why do people love Boba Fett? Because I don't get it, but maybe because mm-hmm. I'm not seeing something or I don't know about details. Dude, there was yeah. one time he legit like fought Darth Vader because they're, um because Palpatine like, uh, like, question vader's ability to like succeed so he sent boba fett to do the same mission like oh. in the comics like he that's how badass boba fett is that like he like at one oh. point darth vader was like what the hell like now you're not better than me like, oh, okay. but, like mm-hmm. yeah dude and even like you know well, he came from you not really like mandalorian but you know his father was uh-huh. his, i believe it was uh, and he's an og clone <laughs> yeah exactly he's the og clone mm-hmm. yeah he really is yeah it's I, th- that's why when i saw him in the mandalorian I got it. Like it clicked. I was like, I, I, okay. And like, they did such yeah. a good job showing how badass. Yeah, he was and too. they did a good job in showing how he came back. And now to see him getting his own show, I'm like, all right, I can hop on a bandwagon now. I get it. I get it, guys. I get Boba Fett. I'm excited for you. I'm rooting for you. Oh my god! And then how they brought in Ahsoka too. Oh my god, I, so I yeah, love. I love how how they also use Ahsoka to like connect grogu to the clone wars like it just also made me think like whole like what where the hell was grogu during order 66 like where like we're like dude like his story i couldn't even, I, I cannot imagine like oh what the hell like, i want to know more about grogu yeah but let me just say shout out to rosario dawson that is our afro latina queen doing ahsoka and I'm so excited to see her doing her own show. Yeah. Like, it's it also going to be a limited chill. series, though. Yeah. It's a limited series. <sighs> and I hate that because I want more. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the limited series for Ahsoka has to do with... It's connected to the Rebels show. Yeah. You know, with Ezra being... Like, Ezra was one of the main missing. characters. Yeah, and he's missing. So, like, the whole... I think... I'm pretty sure the whole show of Ahsoka I is going to be I mean, kind of... In the Mandalorian, kind of... You told me that it, 
connected it, right? Yeah, because she asked, um, when when she asked that lady, like, at the end, she asked, where's Admiral Thrawn? It's because Admiral Thrawn, the last time we saw him was in Rebels, when him and Ezra both disappeared. Yeah, and they, mm-hmm. like, light-speeded away to get, I forgot what exactly it was, but they light-speeded away. Yeah, oh. they just disappeared completely. Yeah, because they didn't light speed through the machines, but there's these giant space whales mm-hmm. that were the original like light speeders. Oh, dude, and that's something I loved about Rebels is that like, it just brings in these other elements of the universe that just expands it more. Like, dude, there's space whales that just wander off in space that could light speed. Think about that. How fucking crazy is that? But then it, to- it totally makes sense how. Whales? Yeah. yeah. Like, what? It's a little tense. <laughs> Yeah. I'm look at a space whale. <laughs> yeah, man, it's so Crazy. cool. But yeah, like the Mandalorian, I love like all the little elements they brought in and like how yeah. it was also like a different lens of the Empire, you know, because it was the fall of the Empire by this time, you yeah. know, and like how everything was literally like every man for himself. You I know? mean, just the mm-hmm. difference between season one versus season two. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, There's quite a bit difference there. I knew. I knew from the beginning. I'm like, Mandalorian's going to be great. I knew that Mandalorian was going to be good. I knew it was going to be a great also show. Also with Jon Favreau being part of it too. Yeah. Like, Dave Filoni was Everybody was kind of yeah. just like, I know for season one people were like, oh, kind of sub, blah, blah. I'm like, no, like it was pretty good. Like, I think it's going to get better. And like, like, yeah, Like, obviously. I have to argue with yeah. some people. I'm like, I think it's going to get better. You guys kind of just got to give it some time. You have two great producers and directors on it and the directors were doing so good. I mean, they had, what's his name? Taika Waititi. Come on, dude! Like and now he's getting his own <laughs> movie too. Yeah, oh, we're so and we have no that. idea what it's about. I'm gonna, it's gonna be great. I already know. He did Jojo Rabbit. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Good music. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's like, it's just gonna be something fresh for Star Wars, mm-hmm. which I feel like it's always something good. Obviously, like people, some some people don't like change, but change allows the Mandalorian stuff like the Mandalorian yeah. to happen. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I mean, dude, I, I, I yeah, I like Dave Filoni, John Farber. Also, it's crazy, like, how The Mandalorian literally is changing cinema with, like, the technology that they did, huh? Like, yeah, the volume. Like, the volume, yeah, like, how crazy that is. Like, the, like I'm like, holy shit, like, this is literally game changing because this is like, things with that. The wall, yeah, with the wall and stuff. Yeah, oh it's God. called The Volume, right? It's called The Volume, yep. Yeah. There was a, there's a, there's a podcast I listen to besides yours. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Zenith. <laughs> Shout out to Zenith um it's called uh, uh team deacons he's uh he's like a very well-known celebrity cinematographer especially mm-hmm. within the industry it's yeah. funny because like they have like cameras right like on, like on set and stuff and they have like like all these acs they have like these little patches and they put them on like the cameras and one of them says mm-hmm. uh a ww uh dc and it shows like a, a photo of him on a camera and what wwdc means is like what would deacons do oh what the hell that's dope what well, would wwdd sorry yeah. um and so it's always like he's a huge celebrity within the industry, okay. and so he was talking to actually Greg uh, Craig Fraser, which is a DP that started who created a look for the Mandalorian and created in part the volume. Yeah, and he was talking about how what it is, which is just like this like essentially like a stage with like these LED walls, and um, they work with like I think like Epic Studios who makes yeah, it. Because it's a game engine, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Like and they're so, using game engine technology mm-hmm. for that. And so they yeah. create like this this look. And it, it's set on where the camera's perspective is. So wherever the camera points, it changes that look on the screen. Mm-hmm. And also the, the screen itself puts out light. So it, it's weird because it's like it's giving giving that look, but it's also putting out that light, which is crazy because now you can instead of having like creating the illusion of, of it always looking like sunset. So does, does it make it easier for cinematographers like you then? Like, would you love to work at the volume? It depends. Very, very, it, it depends. Cause, cause, it's a very tricky t- like to 
very very tricky technology um, i mean it's new that's why yeah. like, the show i mean the show they were saying that i mean pretty much like a blue screen it's a blue screen isn't it or is it a no. green screen no it's, it's, it's an led screen it's an led, LED screen. screen okay yeah. is it's a really trippy like i i don't know much about it that's the, like the mandalorian the first time i heard about it and i was just like what i mean because they created it though, crazy right? like, yeah yeah like because it's the first time it's ever been like in used. film you will have like originally like a hundred lights shooting at different points if you're doing that kind of thing especially if it's a desert like you have to be certain that you have enough lighting to hit it so to know that that was all the screen i'm just like holy yeah shit. it's just a screen and then they yeah, had like, little props in there. <laughs> yeah and i was just like what like I, I was tripping out about that i was I think I went to go tell Caesar like, did you see that episode? Because I'm I'm tripping out like, that's never happened before. So I'm yeah. I'm really excited. And you can, you can barely even tell the difference. I think if you're really really paying attention, you yeah. might be able to, but mm. most of the time you can't really tell. I really want to see. It's only person. gonna get better. Yep. Yeah. And it's yeah. only gonna get better, which is crazy. Yeah. Because like, I mean, now they have what? It's um, how many shows are they coming out with? Like five more shows. Yeah. So we have the Ahsoka's, we have Ahsoka, Obi Wan, Rangers of the Republic. Um, then we have um, Ka- what's the name? Cassian. Cassian's right. Yeah, Cassian. Oh, Cassian. Cassian. Shout out to my yeah. Diego and then Luna. like Rogue, Rogue, Rogue Squadron as well. There's a whole, so many different shows. There's so yeah. many. Shows. And also like since Disney's a part of that, they might even be able to use that technology with like any of the MCU shows as well, or like just any shows. Like yeah. this technology is literally game changing. It's gonna be used like in other shows eventually once mm-hmm. the accessibility and the, like the the resources. And are it's there. just gonna get better and better. Yes. Like that technology is just gonna be such a game changer and such an advancement to film and um, like visual effects. Yeah, the potential because like cool. now they don't need to go to locations. Like that—that's that could be its own resource, you know. Like they don't need to go to the, like the desert now. Like they could just say, "Oh, like let's just make the desert here." Yeah. They're just gonna be like, yeah. "Okay." <laughs> yeah, just like how they did the shot of um, I think it was where where uh, Bolo Fitch showed up for the first time. I think where his feet yeah had entered right. It was, it was that one. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that was all all the volume right there. That's, that's one of the benefits about shooting in the volume is that like, you never have to like re- like create the look like it's always sunset. It, it's just it's always there. Yeah, you know. And, so and, like, and you're in AC, you're in the desert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're in AC, like, you're, you're chilling. Yeah. And we know, like, uh, at least golden hour time, super hard to film it. Yeah, because you only have, like, an, like, hour, 30, 30, anything, like an hour, 30 hour, minutes. Like, yeah, you have to set everything up, and then you don't even know where the sun's going to be sometimes. Yeah. Like, if you could be, you can think the sun's here, and you're going to put everything there, and then later on it changes when golden hour hits, and you're like, shit, I have to, you have to switch everything up. It's crazy. I hated doing my film for that because I was like, oh my god, what did I do with during sunset time? It's going to suck right now. See, that's, that's really the good thing about learning astronomy. Yeah. yeah. You don't know where the sun's going to be. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like, yeah, I didn't English. know back then. I was learning. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she can't afford that, man. She can't yeah, afford a crew member to do that. I can't afford to blame you. What's great is that now there's like apps on like your phone that can show you where. Oh yeah, I going. have that. It shows where they're going to rise, where yeah. they're going to set, where the planets mm-hmm. are, everything. Yeah, and and you can next get, like, time we own, do that. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, where does the sun setting today? <laughs> and just like some little like nerd thing, you can even buy like a program where it's like a, I think it's like one of them called like Stellarium. Mm-hmm. You can put any time of day, and it, the sun's already gonna be set exactly where it's gonna be because it's, it's gonna be predicted because it, it's just so predictable. Yeah, at this yeah. Point. it's physics like it's just yeah, yeah. Wow, crazy, which is insane. Yeah, so now you know. So now yeah. for your next film, you could the definitely more work on you that. know. It's okay. I'm more experienced now, so I can help you out. <laughs> I know. David's gonna. Be, I already told David, like you're my go-to now. Like when this film that I'm writing is up, 
I'm getting you. I'm not paying you to Tanya though yet, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> not yet, not yet, you know. But yeah, I mean, also like the fact that the Mandalorian season two brought in Luke Skywalker. Oh my god! You know, and mm-hmm. it, and it gave him that little preface of like what's like it kind of like like preface of like what's what's what is he doing before the sequel trilogy? You know, he's like right now he's he's gathering students. Yeah. And it's, oh my god, that moment. My nice siblings hated me at that moment because I was freaking the dude, fuck out. Dude, it was like out. one in the morning and like, my parents were sleeping and she was screaming. I'm like, dude, oh, like, like I was freaking out. Like, come on, this guy was my favorite character and I did not like. Okay, you know the funny thing, and we were talking about this where I totally forgot. I don't know, maybe I just forgot that this was the time that Luke Skywalker was was at his prime. Yep. So when I knew that a light, you know, I knew a Jedi was gonna come, obviously to pick up Grogu. I just didn't know. I don't, I don't know why it didn't click to me that it was gonna be Luke Skywalker. So when I saw him, I don't know, man, I freaked out. Like I just couldn't control my emotions. I guess because, I mean, it was pandemic time, so I was crying, and it was like I haven't seen anything Star Wars, so. It just was a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions that I grew up on. I don't know. It was just, it was just a beautiful moment. It honestly, the Mandalorian, that last episode will forever be implanted in my heart because it's just such a good episode. Although I gotta say, there's one part that annoys the hell out of me on that episode. What it was because it was so good seeing Luke come back, right? The X-wing enters and he's in his prime. He's destroying all these robots, and then he takes off his hood and he just looks like some weird CGI guy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. that looks terrible. I mean, well, like, what else do you want? You know what? I would have liked, I thought, I would have liked that they would have got, what's his name that plays the Winter Soldier? When Sebastian he, Stan. Yes. He looks a lot he like, looks young a lot like, Luke, like young Luke. And I yeah. think he could have pulled it off. He's a good actor. And, but, you know, I guess, I guess we still got a little bit of our Mark Hamill to come back. It's still, it looked weird. I get, I, I agree with look, you. Yeah. It did look weird. Because yeah. I was a little confused because I didn't expect it, but... At the end of the day, it's Mark Hamill, so I can't be mad. I love yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, also, the, if there's one thing about uh, Disney Star Wars that people cannot... I mean, I guess they can argue, but, I mean, like, they're going to lose. Is that <laughs> they created three amazing hallway scenes. The Darth Vader scene in Rogue One, the Darth mm-hmm. Maul scene in Clone Wars Season 7, and this, and this Luke Skywalker scene. Mm-hmm. Like, a hallway, like, the hallway scenes now become, like, an iconic, like scene you know in star wars like eventually i'm pretty sure like they might even like continue that with other forms of media in star wars you know yeah but these hallway scenes are fucking amazing like you know like just to see luke skywalker destroy these droids with ease like and and like just oh my god it was amazing it was beautiful i mean to add on top of that it was seeing luke skywalker actually fight and yeah. know what he's doing with yeah. his lightsaber but, that you know, this was, time he's oh a jedi master this yeah. is the first time we got to see jedi master jedi Ma- <laughs> exactly yeah it was it gave me chills it gave me yeah. chills and i think even like in the comics too right because I, don't, I don't i haven't really like read any of the comics or anything but i know that luke is like super like great you know jedi knight o- jedi master right yeah. like he's like op in some area well i mean like in yeah i mean dude like in some of the comics he was able to like um, throw uh, lightning, but it was the lightning was yellow because it was what? it was through yeah. like the light side. Like, dude, he was yeah, super he's like, powerful. He's OP as hell. <laughs> like, dude, like, like he like him and also Vader as well. In the comics, like obviously in the comics, you're able to illustrate strength like this more. You know, and anim- and animation like they do it a little bit, but comics is like you know they just go more in depth with it. Like, dude, like these force users like like Luke and Vader, they're so strong where they can literally jump over entire armies 
like like miles they could jump miles like vader and luke can both probably like start like stop star destroyers from leaving and they could move them like there's they're, they're that strong by yeah. that time you know yeah. it gets crazy in the comics yeah and I read the comics. Sorry, guys, I don't read the comics. Well, I mean, but <laughs> also, like, the comics aren't aren't, aren't canon, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, you could just go on YouTube and just look at, like, the... Because like, there's a lot of YouTubers that, like, read the comics, like, they read the comics and they show the visuals. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. I didn't read the comics, but I looked at the YouTube videos that mm-hmm. read the comics. I'll do that. Yeah. That's interesting, because, I mean, like I said, that's... That one scene, he comes down the Mandalorian, I was... badass. And it, just, it was just, oh like... God. Yeah, and, like, it just kind of, like, it just gave a little hint of how powerful he is and know? i'm like i want more i want to see him like that like i want to see that part of him and i'm hoping imagine him and grogu have a show too like we just see luke skywalker training grogu turns into a sitcom like wandavision I that. <laughs> riding bikes in uh father um, and son dave filoni said that the season three in the mandalorian is quote-unquote strong with the force yeah because yeah i mean i think that's from what i got from a lot of the reviews is that people are a little concerned or worried that we're not going to see Grogu again. And I'm just like, I don't... I think we are. Like, I, mean, I feel like we definitely are. It's just going to be interesting to see that dynamic. Yeah. Because, obviously, the theme of it, the theme of Mandalorian is a Western. It's a Western mm-hmm. kind of type of show. Yeah. So, I think they're going to have a... I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I and, feel like yeah. we have to have hope for it. Yeah. And yeah. I, Go ahead. Well, I'm saying I just love how like they have a lot of like Western sh- like shots and just influences throughout mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know, with like their standoffs. They're yeah, so cool. even like the beginning of like the very first episode, right, where like he the he's like bounty hunting. Yeah, and he goes and gets those guys, and and he like goes out through the door, and he like reels them in, and he like the way he like flips his whole, his gun over mm-hmm. is just super Western, you know. Yeah. So great. They couldn't have somebody else than Pedro Pascal to voice the Mandalorian. At least Dude, he is such yeah. a so good job. cute. And like, I couldn't imagine how hard it is to like have to act with just your voice yeah. and your and your head movement. You can't use your eyes. You can't use your face, your nose, nothing because you, they can't mm-hmm. see it. But mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's obviously still doing that to help him yeah. under the mask. But like to express that, that just takes so much skill, right yeah. there. I mean, mm-hmm. I know uh, when he was when they were doing the show, like the, the behind the scenes show. He explained that obviously it's really hard, um, but he's like, people think like I'm not in there, but he's like, I'm actually in there. It's like, I just don't do a lot of the fighting scenes because, you know, that's where the, where the professionals come in. And he's like, shout out to them. <laughs> but he was just very like, you know, it's the connecting inside the studio and then connecting also when I'm in the suit. Like, he's like, it was, it was, he's, he thinks it's pretty difficult and I would think it's pretty difficult. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be like, what did they say? <laughs> How did they say that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, having to have that on, I'm pretty sure it's even hard to, like, listen to, like, and hear what's going on outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I got to bring a point back to where you were saying, Hillary, about, like, Grogu going off on his own. Mm-hmm. And then where's the show going to go? I always felt like Grogu wasn't really the main part of the story. Mm-mm. You know? Like, it was just a bit of it to snatch us into what, what was going to happen. But, it like, was a cute fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I, I always felt like, like the story itself of Mandalorian was just an adventure you yeah because you feel it in the music that music was is so good and you can feel like you don't even have to like, have any context about the it composer and, and is just, amazing for yeah, that. Exactly. dude i mean star wars music in general it's elite it's like it's definitely mm-hmm. like top like top tier yeah. of just cinema like score in general mm-hmm. star wars is always like that's always going to be something that is going to be a trademark to them like all yeah. of their all of their like everything from their shows to their movies like their music is 
amazing. Mm-hmm, I agree. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like it's like a space opera, right? Yeah. It's just like the music is just un- not not like any of the score you know that's out there. Yeah. And, then, and then like the Mandalorian score, you, like I was saying, you, there's no context for it. If you can just hear it by itself, not a Star Wars fan, you can feel adventure within it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's no, crazy. I mean, totally, the, the totally. Co- I, I cannot think of the composer's name, but he composed, I believe, Black Panther. Right? Really? Yeah, I believe so. I'm not, not 100%, but I think he is a composer for Black oh, Panther. Oh, he he's black though, right? No, he's white. He looks like some hippie guy. Oh, really? Yeah, he looks like some hippie guy. Let me see. Even he's making like a real good name for himself right now. Yeah, I mean, dude, today I was reminiscing like, I mean, John Williams back then, you know, like he created like the Star Wars score and then he did, um, he did uh, Indiana Jones, you know, and just seeing how like how well established he is now, Mm -hmm. you know, like all these people like, yeah are creating names for themselves and like it's just so cool seeing like people outside of john williams create these iconic scores you know yeah his uh, sorry to bounce back his name is ludwig Gorenson and he did the black panther right oh yeah my God. black panther is such a and good score and i think he too. won he won the like he won a uh, uh, like i believe something for it because he's really good like super super good yeah. composer oh, yeah. he um the reason that they chose him because he, I mean, he's a young guy. He's barely, this is here, he's 84. I mean, so he's barely in his 30s, like, like mid-30s. And he he said he, he admires the classics, but he wanted to do more of a modern twist to it. So when he got the Star Wars call, he was pretty freaking out. He's like, dude, how am I going to compare to John Williams? Like, that's John Williams, you know? Yeah. But that's what Dave and John told him, like, we don't want you to be John Williams. We want you to, to create something that is a mix of modern time, Western, and the classic mm-hmm. Star Wars. So that's what he and gave he us. And he nailed it. And he fucking nailed, nailed it, dude. It. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so based off of... Okay, so music. Do you guys have a favorite score or theme? Because like, me and Hillary talk about it, but what about you, David? Uh, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really think about it that much. But, I mean, for now, I think it was just, like, the Mandalorian score. Mandalorian score? Because, like, like I was saying before, like, you can just feel adventure through it so easily. Like, you, you can feel all, all of it. And, and for me, that's just what I love about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what about you, Hillary? What about you? Oh, there's so... I, I, I'm a score girl. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> she got me into scores. I yeah. love scores from all movies. Like, any any score. I always tell Caesar, this is good score, this is good score. But then Star Wars is so hard. At least, okay, top three then, since you okay. are such a big score <laughs> girl. Oh, that's so hard. But okay, I have to say, I love Dual Fates. Like, the Ooh. the opera, like, kind mm-hmm. of the opera. Oh, my God, yes. Gives me chills every time. It's so good. Um, I also really love, I want to say the Return of the, not the Return of Jedi, um, the Rise of the Skywalkers, like, cinematic version of the original Star Wars song, like, in the trailer, so freaking beautiful, it's, it literally made me it's cry, so triumph- like, triumphant, that's what yeah, I mean. it just feels like, it's with so the epic. trumpets and everything yeah. going into it, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. I legit, I think that was the main reason I cried in that trailer, because the music, the music. was just so powerful, it just, it I literally agree. felt like, okay, this really is the end of a Skywalker era, like, it felt so sad, but so beautiful, 
But my number one has to go to Leia's song because that always makes me want to cry. Song. Every time I hear it in the Star Wars story, I really want just like I'm just going with it because it's so beautiful. You could so beautiful. they play scores in a Star Wars story? Yeah, I like, would love, I love that. For you. <laughs> I literally oh, hear the God. like I literally hear all the scores throughout the whole. Well, they don't play the modern ones, but they they play the original ones. Mm. So it's just, I love listening to it. I'm always like there, like if there's nothing to do, I'm just listening to the music. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I, for me, also, I mean, I love scores because of you. So like my top three, number one, without a doubt, Leia. Leia's score is beautiful. It, mm-hmm. it, it makes me feel so at peace mm-hmm. and serenity and like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I love, I love that score. Like that's my number one favorite. Um, other than, outside of that, um, I love uh, Kylo Ren's theme. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Kylo Ren's scene is fucking it is so amazing. good on his score. It's so good. It's it just like you know it's different from Darth Vader's. It just feels like this is a young badass guy. Yeah, and, and then, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and then my third one for me is Imperial Mar- Imperial March. Oh, that's a good. One it's too. super iconic. But yeah, Leia, Kylo, and then Imperial March. Those are my top three favorite scores. Oh my god, music is so gorgeous, and I mean, yeah, like the 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 Rise of Skywalker trailer music. Oh, it's it's mm-hmm. so special, and I mean, Duel of the Fates again, amazing. Um, I love Luke Skywalker's as well. Like oh all my god, of these, yes. Yoda's theme is amazing. Like, there's so many beautiful themes. Like, dude, like there's so many beautiful like scores in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous how I don't like, think people good they really are. notice that. To be honest, like it, like. I'm sure true fans do, but the music really takes a difference in the Star Wars films. At least yeah. for me, like I, like anytime you hear a character comes, I and mean, you have to be very like listening to it. But anytime a character comes, you hear it in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. I like, mean, I'll, I'll, when you get to talk about like all the music scenes, I was thinking of like the last episode, right, episode nine, when um, what's her name again? I can't Ray. remember. Ray, not Ray. Yeah, when she like enters the Death Star, like the ruins, and yeah. she's like she just enters like the main room where where palpatine was and all that and you can hear the theme just like yeah. very subtly in the background and it's like very yeah. like it's just feels oh like God. a trinkle i got like, chills right now because i gave me chills like when i saw it dude i was just like oh damn, and that's so what good. people i feel i don't mean i'm sure people do but to me i'm like that just makes a difference to me it's the music because that's what really brings the whole thing together yeah and you have to give it more you have to give john williams and all the composers behind it more credit for it because it just it just wouldn't feel like Star Wars to me if I didn't have the music. Yeah, I mean there. the music is now part of Star Wars. Like yeah. you know, like it's like that's part of what makes Star Wars so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it, like you know, like MCU got nothing on. I'm the sorry, music. MCU, but yeah, like they got nothing on like on Star Wars. Even DC, like like no, no, all no, of these no. franchises. Sorry, if anything, Harry Potter kind of. But Lord it's of the only Rings. one score. Lord, Lord of the Rings has yeah. compared like comparatively like some of the most beautiful music for scores. Yeah, like, I agree and um yeah i mean also one of my one, one of one of the scores i love that i never really that they only played once like once in full depth was a uh, race team in the force awakens in the beginning mm-hmm. you know it's cute it's very cute like it's very like sounds like her like i don't know has her vibe you know Gives yeah, her like vibe. curiosity for adventure yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. like something yeah that. you know yeah i mean it's uh Speaking of that, we haven't talked about the sequel trilogy yet. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, oh my god, I'm, I'm sorry, fucking guys. playing right now. I swear, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, I remember, like, dude, the like the hype for Force Awakens would be unmatched. Like, I don't think I'm ever gonna feel that hype. I cried again. Like, dude, like it was before um, we could reserve seats. I waited like about three and a half hours in yeah. line 
and like just to get good seats for the premiere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i was living up north and uh and like the weather was like 50 degrees you went with a friend no i, I went with my friends i think north. i went with yeah i went with my best friend and my no i didn't go with no you so yeah i went with my best friend to watch force awakens but even even before talking about watching it i think it was just the trailer itself i mean if i'm correct the first image you you see is the dead star no no you no, see right? a, um you see a, a yeah. star destroyer it, the, isn't star- it the stars huh i think it's just the stars and then like it like tilts again and then the, then the, the star destroyer comes out and then you see like little ships pop out and they're just like oh in. you're right yeah. okay but i just but I, I think for me the most iconic part was seeing the dead star on, on um jacku right like, it's not a Death Star. It's a Star Destroyer. Oh my god! Why do I keep saying that? I'm sorry, guys. Death Star is way too big. Like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, because they used. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things going in my head right now. Um, but yeah, it just, it just, it was just such an iconic moment scene. I remember I, I saw it like first. I was in a restroom and then I just saw my Instagram like this new Star Wars guy. I've been waiting for it and I don't, and I just started yelling. I was in the restaurant. I always yell when I'm excited. Like when I'm overly excited, I start she yelling, does. crying. She does. So I start yelling, and my mom, my mom starts freaking out because I'm yelling in the restroom. So she's like knocking the door, like what's happening? What's happening? So I just like you know I like, just got up, I cleaned myself, and I like opened like man, it's Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I was just crying, and she was just like. She's like, you are so weird. <laughs> just like, no, what? Dude, like, it's been 30 years. No, it's not, it hasn't been 30 years, but I mean, like, this is new Star Wars. So. It's like yeah. beginning of 2000s. What? That's when, that's when the prequels Yeah. Started. Yeah. Yeah. That well, was... I mean, um, Revenge of the Sith came out in 2008. So that's, like, and uh, Force Awakens came out in 2015, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's already, like, 13, eight years, seven years. Seven years. But then, yeah, like, so but then it's continuing off a story of thirty years, that, yeah. which was fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I was just, I was just a very exciting, exciting moment. So seeing it in the theaters, though, that would be. I just remembered, the you know, it's just so amazing being an audience and seeing Star Wars because it's like the cheers, mm. it's the cries, and come on, like Force Awakens with Han Solo and Leia, like I was spoiled <laughs> about Han Solo dying and Kylo Ren being his son. Someone spoiled it for you. Someone spoiled it for me. Literally the day, the day of, the day of. Like I was in, I was in, I was, I was in a group chat with my homies, yeah. and the homies are toxic. So like, oh, one of the homies are picture, toxic. And they just posted a picture, and, and I'm like, I didn't even this know. cannot be real, and it was real. And when I like, and like, it was a picture of Han Solo with uh, the red lightsaber like through him. So like, so when when that scene came up, I'm like, you motherfucker, like this is real, and 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 I couldn't be sad. When, when when I saw that scene, I was mad. I'm yeah. like, how dare I get fucking spoiled? Did rob like, you of that emotion? Yeah. Oh my so God. like, I and couldn't use sadness. I couldn't. I, I didn't feel sad whatsoever. I was just angry the entire time that happened. <laughs> and me, all we, I li- I just remember me and my friend. We, <laughs> we went out like we so we snuck in wings. <laughs> we snuck in alcohol. Wild, dude. Yeah, like I wanted to enjoy my movie. I did not give one fuck. I was like, I'm watching Star Wars. I'm here. It was a good time. And just the, like two days before me, her were watching like all the films before. Mm-hmm. So I was exhausted, but I was like, I don't get a fuck. Like, we're going to do this. We got to the movies like, I want to say a good two hours before to wait for it. And they let us in. So we had our seats. But when that scene came up, 
I was literally all my makeup was like down here. I literally had like blue streaks down here because I had done my makeup and I was it was a very emotional moment. Dude, and also just the visual storytelling in that scene where like on in Han in Han Solo it was blue and then Kylo yeah. Ren it was red mm-hmm. and then it turned all red and then mm-hmm. that was when like Kylo Ren like you know decided to kill him like holy shit like just little things like that yeah I, I, I talking about that I actually wrote a whole paper about that and I sent a photography class <laughs> are you serious that's so cool what the heck I wrote about that I wrote about um because what this was I think this paper was sent after Last Jedi. So mm. I wrote about Last Jedi. I also wrote about Empire. So I wrote about different scenes, but I specifically talked about that one because of because he yeah. wanted a like a paper about change of lighting. So yeah, I was like, well, you're gonna get Star Wars paper then because that's all I'm gonna fucking write about. Yeah, it's like all that blue and then like the subtle yeah. redness just slowly creeping in. <laughs> and then he like on my paper he says, I can tell you're a big Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I am a huge Star Wars fan. So yeah. I like totally wrote it. I know how like that. say less. Let me just like it. Probably, it didn't even feel like like a homework. Probably. Oh huh? no! Like I was watching the movie. And like, her homework was to like, watch movies. Like oh, I need to do homework right now, mom. Like let me. I'm gonna go watch Star Wars. Like give me a second. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just right. I was. I went into depth with it. I was like, yeah, like was in here, and then you see this. I'm like, yeah, it was. It was pretty intense. I got an A on that because he liked. He liked what I wrote, but he so he also liked that it was Star Wars. He's like, you get like I think I'm literally grading you just because you wrote about Star Wars. I'm like, that's what you get. <laughs> Yeah, the beauty of that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, Hillary told me that you did not like The Last Jedi. Uh, like, how do you feel about it? No, I have mixed feelings. I actually liked... Wait, last Jedi was episode 8, right? Episode 8, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. <laughs> I told you. The last, the last time I've seen it... We argued that, about it. Yeah. The last time I saw it was in the theater. I haven't watched it again. You haven't watched it? Nope. Okay, so I watched it again last week. Yeah. And re-watching it, I loved it even more. Because I use the context of, like, The Last Jedi. I use the context of Mandalorian. I use the context of, like... N- not the context, but I just used the... I just used my mentality of, like... I mean, yes, Luke Skywalker's a legend, but at the end of the day, he's a human. Like, this man has always been flawed. He's always been flawed. Mm. Since since the Return of Jedi, since mm-hmm. A New Hope, like, he's always been flawed. He's always had that problem with patience. Even though he is a Jedi, like, he disconnected himself from the Force. Mm-hmm. And he made mistakes, you know? And, that, and like... I, I and like th- me me telling myself that made me love that like that movie even more you know because mm-hmm. it like also with Ray like trying to like figure out what her parents was I think for her it would have been it would have been so easy to for her to find out that she's connected to like the Skywalkers you know so yeah. f- for them to say that no you're not you know, like in the last Jedi before before Skywalker. I don't know. Like I don't know. That's the one I don't. I don't really like the right Skywalker. The last Jedi. I love just like I love it. However, I do agree with everyone about the cantina. Um, I don't know about the canto bite. Oh like just the God. whole the whole the whole thing of remove that scene it'll be such a great Star Wars film. I swear to God. Like, I'm, but then rewatching it, I'm like, okay, like it it does shine a new light at the universe on how war has always been like dominant in it and that's mm-hmm. that's a theme that's going that's relevant to today's society as well you know how like literally i mean in the 19th like we got out the the great depression because of war we got out the recession because of war like yeah, you know yeah. like in the 2000s like war has always made people rich yeah. so like i could see i could understand why they brought in that element you know um 
Yeah, we've had an argument about this. Yeah. I was very upset with David. Come like, shut up, David. No, <laughs> it's I a good movie. No, no, like we understand each other. Okay, so the reason why I don't like that movie at all is because it was it was actually that I would notice at the very very beginning of the film, which I, I as soon as I saw it, I was like, great, I know what, what this film's gonna be like for the rest of it, and I'm not gonna like any of it. And it was it was the very beginning, right when Ray hands Luke the lightsaber, and you throw, and then and then that that episode cuts off, right, and then this new episode, of the Last Jedi comes in and so he hands him the lightsaber and he gets it and he can throw it i mean that's fine i don't really mind that it was how he threw it he threw it i right? agree i agree right because he I threw it like it was like some like childish like whatever, like, like, like oh what this is doesn't this? have any meaning in me and he just like throws it you didn't even look at it like yeah. you're right you're you know okay, and, and so right. from that moment i knew it was the direction of it and i knew i was gonna like the rest of it and i didn't I didn't uh, like the rest of it. But what what if what if you don't go in with that mentality and rewatch it? I can't because it draws me out of the movie. Oh damn! I can't. I can't not. I, not I could watch see that. that though. I could see that. The, like just the disrespect, and then how they completely one eighty shift in Rise of Skywalker, saying you don't treat like you like this is not how you treat a lightsaber. Like when yeah. Ray tried to throw it. Okay, I agree with you with that. I okay. Like it was just okay, like I see like, that. I, I see knew, that. and that was the direction from from yeah. the director of that, and I just like. Oh, I could not dig that. Yeah. that I, that's why I have not seen that movie since then. But, because but every time I watch it, but also like just, Luke hated it though. Like by that time, by that time, he's also completely shut himself from the like outside of the forest. The last thing he wanted was to connect himself back to the forest. Yeah. So like his his flawed reaction was throwing it like it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, it could be like Yoda, where you know he's not really disconnected, but he's like far away, isolated. He's, he's not, different. He's, he's not Yoda, though. I know, but it, it was like it's, it's still the direction from where it went. I, I, I see you that. Okay, like there I was like that. it was almost like there was like a little bit of like humor in yeah, how okay, he threw I it. I see that. Yeah, yeah. And and okay. that and it's like that moment did not need to have humor in it at all. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it was needed to be serious. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Because there was all that build up from the yeah. previous episode. And then we waited like what a year or two to come out, and then he does that, and yeah, it's just like, I'm just like I'm not. I not feel like definitely Last Jedi was a weird one because. From what I remember, like, the teaser trailer came out months before. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get a final trailer until, like, a month before the movie came out. And I was... Remember how much I was so upset? I'm like, yeah. why aren't we getting anything from this movie? What's going on? She was on? getting so impatient. <laughs> I was getting so impatient, yep. you know? And But you know what? I mean, I've told both of you. I really love Last Jedi because of what it meant. You know, seeing Last Jedi in the theaters, I was very, like... Wow, like, it was interesting, you know? It was a different type of Star Wars that we haven't seen. His expectations were, like... It's, yeah. It was problem... Like, what was the main problem with a lot of people, why they don't like it, is because their expectations were not met. Yes. And I feel like expectations are always going to be a problem because if they're like because you have no control over what's been done. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I one of my one of my best friends, he also hates The Last Jedi. And it's because like he expected like Snoke to be like, like they they should not kill Snoke like he should have done this you know like oh like like like, like and it was mm-hmm. just it, it was all based off of expectations he had rather yeah. than understanding and analyzing what was what, what happened. Yeah, and I think and I agree with that because I really try not to go into movies with expectations, especially with these kind of movies that because you just don't know what's gonna happen. Like you really don't. I mean, Force Awakens, I did not know that was gonna happen of with Han Solo and Kylo yeah. Ren. I didn't know, you know, like. So coming into Last Jedi, knowing that the trailer came so late and there really wasn't telling us anything, I was like, all right, like, I'm just going to go in there open-minded. And I think that's why I just, 
I just saw like it, it just gave a different perspective of Luke Skywalker. It gave us a, a different of perspective the force as well. Like, of the Force. It gave us Kylo. everything with Kylo Ren was different to yeah. me. Like, yeah. you know, you see Kylo Ren at first. I mean, obviously, everyone knows I love Adam Driver. Like, I love him so much. Kylo Ren forever. <laughs> and he posted like almost every other day. I know. <laughs> Dude, He's for so real, cute. huh? Even, so even now, she has a shirt of Kylo Ren. I know, Ren, I do. <laughs> Um, but I just think like in the first one, obviously he was a little annoying because he did, he did tantrums. I, it was just like a young kid trying to figure himself out. And the second one, I just loved, that's how you know Adam Driver has just such an amazing acting ability that he showed just through his little, some, like very his, simple his eyes, like... eyes, very simple body, like the way he moves, like. It just shows like he's really struggling as a character. Like, he sh- mm. knew how to show that with him, and that's what I love seeing about Last Jedi. Yes. And apart from that, what really just got me hooked on it, and I told Caesar he barely watched it like a couple months ago, was um, the behind the scenes of it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was so powerful to kind of see the director's perspective of what he wanted to do, and it, it just related so much to why he did it, what he did. Like, and I get, I get it. I get why people don't like it. I've had a conversation with you. I get it with other people don't liking it. I get it. You know, it makes sense. It's not that it doesn't make sense. It does make sense. But I just love how different it was. I really did because, because of what they did with that one. That's why, that's why we're at where we at. Everything from Mandalorian, from the future shows, everything's going to be different with Star Wars. It's not always going to relate back to the Skywalkers anymore. Yeah, it's like, it, it was completely different from what we... Um, kind of get from the MCU, which is like a script, like already a formula that's put yeah. in. You know, this completely was off formula of yeah. what and we thought Star Wars yeah. is. Yeah, and that, that's the thing that's part of the problem too, it's because it, it's its own style. So yeah. you're yeah. branching it's, off it's, from it's, the it was, style. It also, it's, it's extreme, dude. You it's know, very extreme yeah. from the way they had Luke Skywalker, from the way they like completely took off Snoke. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I totally understand that. Yeah, I, I totally understand yeah. that. Like, I if, understand. like if, if if the director went and did his own side project that was like separate from the episodes, that's fine. You know, it, it's it's a separate style. You know, area, but these episodes have all similar. This is like cohesive to cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, and so he, he branched off, and then the episode and I had to like come back again, and it was just like this yeah. little mess. But there's but also like there's a lot of great things that came from the Legend of like the dyad between Ray and and Kylo, something mm-hmm. so different, so unique. And like it was slow, like if you noticed, um, that like that's just something that like like there was already a form of dyad that was through Vader and Luke, that was through Leia and Luke, that they were able to talk to each other, you know, mm-hmm. and just to have this like completely go in depth with Ray and Kylo, mm. and then being able to talk and like the first time they they get connected, Ray immediately tries to shoot him, and then once they realize they can't harm each other, they realize they have to talk, but they mm-hmm. don't have to talk, but like that like they, they start talking and mm-hmm. it allows ray to understand a, a like a larger perspective of what the force what the force yes. is and you i know? love that about the last jedi like yeah. i loved i loved luke's explanation of what it was and yes. the visuals they were showing with it like it just Life, kind of, it just death, gave like peace a different perspective yeah. of what the force is because i think up until that point we all just assumed what it was assumed what ray the force assumed really what, was ray assumed what it was because it's, that's all the, the stories that she's heard she's like yes. the jedi are good whoever's not a jedi is not good the sith are bad you know yes. and then what like one literally the first lesson that luke showed her was that the jedi yeah, like how the Jedi aren't the ones who are in control of the light side of force. You know, he was saying that like 
there's always like Luke was showing him showing Ray how there's always a balance, you know, between life, death, good and bad. And the Jedi, the Jedi shouldn't be the ones to control that, you know? And like yeah. that was literally his first lesson to her was to understand that the force is its own thing and you need to respect that. And she didn't and like that's something she didn't know. That's something that like she wasn't taught, you know, like mm-hmm. obviously like all these stories show that oh Luke Skywalker, Jedi le- Jedi legend, he destroyed like they're evil. Good, they're good, they're good, and then we have the evils and stuff. It always kinda had that two way street for that. Yeah, and then yet at the height of the Jedi power they fell due to yeah. like not knowing that Palpatine a Sith Lord was next to them the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just clouded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I don't know if you guys knew this, I don't know if this is like real or not, but um, the temple was built on top of like a Sith uh, like structure or something. Which temple? The the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. Coruscant, really? Yeah. Oh, and wow. so and so they were all clouded because of that. Oh my! And so they couldn't. They what? Couldn't, and so they couldn't really tell like the future. That's why a lot of them were saying like you know oh like their minds are clouded and they can't figure something out or whatever. Oh, shit! I did not know that. I'm not sure how exactly the canon it is, know. but I, 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 did, I did hear about it. Something. The whole Coruscant temple was so weird to me, too, because that one felt super industrialized, while, like, most other temples were always secluded. Mm-hmm. You know, well, this one was in literally downtown. It's not was in downtown, but, like... The whole thing is downtown. Yeah, the whole thing is downtown. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But, yeah, um, yeah, dude. And then also, like, I loved Yoda in The Last Jedi. I love yeah. the fact that they brought Puppet Yoda because that was the Yoda that Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I remember was they were super excited about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think Last Jedi was the one that we actually watched together because you guys we had did. moved back. Yeah, we did. So Caesar was like, I remember I had Nicole one side, I had Caesar on the other side, and Caesar like was like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. dude, my <laughs> eyes blew up. Like I like I love the scene. Like dude, like also, it, it was um what 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 Yoda was teaching Luke at that moment just resonated with me so much just understanding that failures are the greatest teacher yeah that is one of the life lessons that i hold dearly to my philosophy as a person today Mm -hmm. like today one of my main philosophies is that failure is the greatest teacher which allows me to not be as afraid of failure because of that and that's all because of the last jedi and yoda yeah that's something that's like very biased that's something that's very biased to me but that's why I love the Last Jedi. Yeah, I, was because yeah, it gave me it, it, it impacted me so much because like, um, I'm like I'm not sure if you like learn, but like I mean I've I've had some pretty big failures in my life. The biggest one's getting kicked out of college, you know, and like just understanding that like you know what it's okay. Like, I had failures. It's okay though because I, I could learn from mm-hmm. them. And Yoda did. The Yoda <laughs> taught me that. Yeah, it's a very good like life lessons to learn. You know, coming yeah. from like these these films. Because like even me, like you know, I have failures too, but I keep them very internally. <laughs> He does. Um, yeah and so you know it, it's it yeah you can like screw up and everything and that's fine but it's it's what you do afterwards that's yeah. really, that really shows what kind of person you're gonna be mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know? like if you don't learn then you're gonna do it again yeah, yeah. you don't learn from history yeah. and like and then and and then like going off of that yoda understands that if we don't learn from the jedi then we're not gonna get better so he's like you know d- destroy the shit like yeah do it you know, and then, and then like, look at the end, like, wait, wait, what? Like, why are you, are you destroying it? You know, I'm like, dude, like, that's exactly what, like, what, what exactly what's going on right now that, like, the Jedi failed. What can we learn from this? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think, because I think at that point, that was the moment that Yoda accepted their mistakes that they did before. Like, he accepted that we can't control the force. He always knew that, but with all the politics coming in that, everything happening from the time that he was alive... He knew that destroy it. That doesn't fucking matter. Like it's the way you want to 
you want to focus on the force mm-hmm. you know and i don't know i just think like last jedi just showed a lot of different sides of what star wars is and it just really intrigued me like it just really showed me a, a lot of life lessons and even the way he directed it like i totally agree where it's like you know there's a certain formula in these star wars films that we're used to and obviously if jj uh, abrams have had done last jedi or it just or just done that movie yeah. name it differently it would have been completely different it would have made sense where were we going to with rise of skywalker but then also disney fucked up because they had no roadmap they gave yeah, ryan johnson didn't. creative freedom like that's something i i'm very disappointed with the with the trilogy like with the sequel trilogy is that there wasn't really cohesiveness because of that you know like it wasn't ryan johnson's fault because he was giving creative freedom yeah you know, like it wasn't JJ Abrams' fault. And I like it's like I like to, that that they're giving him like creative freedom, but it's like at least give some sort of like, like a roadmap. You know, yeah, like, like, hey, like hey, this, this is this is, is our vision. We this is going. our like, do yeah. what you want with mm-hmm. it, but this is where we we're going. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So that's why I I understand why a lot of people didn't like the Last Jedi um, because it makes sense. And I wish like people just would see it and just appreciate it a little bit more and. Honestly, see the behind the scenes of it because that's what really changed the thing, like the game for me. I was like, wow, like, you know, that's yeah, what if I if I directed, I would want that. I would love to have Ryan Johnson's like position in it where you can just have creative freedom with the Star Wars film and just do whatever you want with it and make a really good film. But it's just, I think it was just in the wrong trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it was the wrong placement being in yes. an episode, you know, rather than like you said, if it was like because it left because yeah. he was supposed one. to do a trilogy. Ryan yeah. Johnson was supposed to do a trilogy. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hoping he doesn't screw that one up. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like it won't be screwed up because no, be because yeah, it'll be his yeah. own. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. He, he's a really good storyteller. Have you seen Knives Out? No, I did. I did. I was wondering about bringing that up because like it has its own style and it's good and you know it's great. It just does not fit within that style. And it's and I agree with that because it makes sense because. If you're talking about the entire trilogy itself, it's a whole shit show. Yeah. Like, it goes Dude, everywhere. The, the, I, have, I haven't really like, seen the Rise of Skywalker. I haven't seen like, it. I think I've only seen like one and a half. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, wait, I think I've. I think I saw it outside of the theaters one full time. Like mm-hmm. that's one of the ones that I don't. I can't easily go back to. I kind of want to go back to it just to just to kind of yeah, like same. see see if my feelings are reinforced or they could change because. Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi. When I first saw it, I liked it. When I rewatched it, I was like, "eh," like I, I could see why people don't like it. But then I rewatched it again last week, dude. When I rewatched it last week, I fucking loved it. Like it was so weird. It was like, wow, like I loved sure. it. It's a, it's a it's one of those movies that you have a, if you go in with an open mind. Well, I, I took edibles when I watched it. So, <laughs> yeah, like I literally took edibles, and I'm like, you know, I watched Last Jedi, and like I was just super high. And when I'm on, when I'm like, when I'm high. I do just a lot of overthinking. Yeah. I do this a lot with Star Wars movies where I watch them in, in different states of mind and it allows me to see in a different lens. And mm-hmm. I use the different lenses, whether it's from shows that I've seen, interviews that I've seen, other movies, like it, it just allows me to give a better like better perspective of what yeah. what was what was done. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about Rise of the Skywalkers? My initial reaction to it was really, really good. Like I really, really liked it. You know, and I thought I did service for for what happened in the previous episode and then how I was trying to correct for something. Yeah. I thought it was great. But then after, you know, like months and up to now, I'm just like, it, it, there's certain parts of it that just kind of fall through because mm-hmm. because it had to correct for other things and it couldn't just build on its own from yeah. where, you know what I mean? 
So, it, yeah, my, my opinion changed over time. Yeah, um, I liked Rise of the Skywalkers. I thought it was cool. I mean, it was pretty long, so there's a lot. It was a lot to take in. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of information. The story itself was kind of weird because they're like, it okay, was. we need to look for a key. Okay, now we yeah. look for a key. Like now, now, like now, we need to now we need to find Palpatine. Like. You know, and then just, uh, the like, whole Palpatine thing was the, the main Pal- thing that dude, kind of bothered me 100%. the most. I was excited because obviously it was Palpatine, they, and but there was no teasing. There was no, nothing. it wasn't. But I mean, I get it. Like, there's a, there's there isn't really a lot of teasing in in Star Wars in general. There's a lot of plot twists in it. Yeah. But like, this was way too big. Like, it should have yeah. been like, you know, like. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's part of the problem why I had an, uh, issues with the previous episode because it's just like it wasn't there was nothing that built up to mm-hmm. that it just kind of like popped in. Yeah, right? like the like episode H, like it 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 originally framed it that Ray was nobody, mm-hmm. which yes. I felt was okay. Then all me of too. then all of a sudden she goes from nobody to a fucking Palpatine. Me, <laughs> that that showed me like okay, I guess I get I get it. It's a it's a it's a plot twist. It was shocker, but I was like generally really confused i'm like wait what yeah and i don't know if she does lightning i'm like what the heck Dude, yeah like, the whole lightning thing because like... for me i personally don't think ray is like a really strong fighter you know she's learning she's learning mm-hmm. on her own so a lot of it is she's just you she's know, strong with the force she's though. strong with the force but oh, yeah. she's just mm-hmm. learning but it was just a really weird thing like the lightning palpatine i was just like what the heck like is clone, going like on? Clone, clone technology you know and like yeah, it's just also how like Palpatine was like Roy um was, he's was in Kylo's head like it was a voice in Kylo's head like I mean I, as I'm like I he I was like he was he was a voice <laughs> I'm just like what the heck I was like I thought Darth Vader was his voice in his head so it was just a, a lot of things that I personally think it's a little confusing. Yeah. But... What did you think of the finale when like all, when all the like the ships came? Um, I, I was just kind of annoyed because it. it like all the ships have Death Star technology now, which is like I think we're just repeating the same process again from like the previous um, trilogy. Yeah. So that part was just kind of annoying, but then it was it was still I thought it was still good, you know. Yeah. Um, seeing all those like ships come by and like now the whole community of the galaxy is essentially coming together I, to I, stop. I, I, this I, I wish they showed Lando like collecting them though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it like for me like when that happened, it it didn't feel like super like deserved or like super earned. Yeah. You know, he's like, there's too many of them. And then all of a sudden, Lando, but there's more of us. I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. First yeah, it wasn't, I, it wasn't rewarded. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, yeah, good word. Good yeah, because, yeah, um, yeah. you know, when you think about, like, the MCU on the last, like, Affinity War, right? Scene, like, that was super rewarding. Yeah, exactly, because it, it built up on the previous movie. Yes. So this one, it just kind of, like, everything was just popping in left and right, and it's just like, uh, what the hell is going on? <laughs> where, am I, where am I? Like, like going? force healing and all this stuff, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Seriously, it was the one that I thought was the funniest. Like, I would oh, see like, all the memes just where, like, brush it off. Like, just brush it off. Just brush it off. Like, it's just like, <laughs> who, who was it with like a bunch of memes where it's just like, like they could have done this to Queen Gonjin. They could just <laughs> all these other like all these other freaking Jedi's, and I'm just like, wow. And then she just learns right there, like, let me just heal you. I'm like, what the heck? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, and then Ben being able to heal, like, yeah. is it just a light side thing? You know? And then like Ben dying. I could see why Ben died because he couldn't live with what so Kylo mad did. About that. Yeah, you know, so I'm like, okay, I get that. It just like, all of it just was. It just felt too chaotic and too much of a mess. Like, yeah, you know. And this is the thing about Kylo and Ben that I was reading upon, and that J.J. Abrams and Adam Driver did both did um, interviews. Adam Driver didn't like it. Like, well, he doesn't like anything. 
But he specifically did not like the movie and the the ending specifically because according to J.J. Abrams, he did a lot of filming for it. And we only got to see like one eighth of it. Now we need the J.J. cut? Huh? I want him to do dude. Like supposedly like he he like Adam Driver did so many different things with Kylo Ren in that last film that could have changed it. Yeah. That could have given more in depth explanation of what he was going through. I mean, like I said, he's a great actor. Maybe I'm fucking biased because I love him that much. <laughs> but I, he he did more and Adam Driver was definitely like that's why he wasn't coming up in a lot of interviews. He wasn't doing so much work work for it because they didn't use him that much. Mm. Like he did work, but he they didn't use the work that he did. Yeah, and the ending was supposed to be different. Even Ray said like the ending was supposed to be different. Ray and Daisy, I mean Daisy. <laughs> like Dude, even she said uh, that uh, it was supposed to be different. Yeah, I'm like, what the yeah. fuck was supposed to be different? Okay, like, so, give it to me. <laughs> so, so like, I I saw somewhere. I don't know if it was on Reddit or like I'm on sorry. YouTube, but they mentioned how uh, there was like an alternate ending of like Ray and Kylo together in a castle somewhere. Yeah, I never heard about that. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. I mean, it was just like. I mean, obviously, it could be fake, but that's just something I saw like that. Like, which kind of reinforces how there was so much unshot footage. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's probably so many different alt- like alternatives that they just chose not to use. Yeah, but then I wonder if it was alternatives or it was just like cut. I think it was cuts because, um, or maybe alternatives because from what J.J. Abrams says that the they he had formed a different movie and Disney cut it. Disney. So they they Snydered it. Yeah. So they did their own version for them for for Disney. That's what that that's what he said. Damn, dude, I think we do need a JJ. So I'm like, JJ Abrams, if you one day listen to this, homie, we need your cut because I need to see more. Yeah, need we need see... we need your vision, man. We need, <laughs> I need... <laughs> we need to start the hashtag right now. <laughs> hashtag JJ Abrams Star Wars cut because from everything that I've listened to, all the interviews, everything, I'm just like, if you're, if this is true, like, I want to see that, like, because I feel that I just kind of, I don't, I don't feel satisfied from that movie. I really don't. I don't feel satisfied either. Like, I just felt like, oh, that was end. Okay. Do you feel satisfied, David? Nope. Not at all. And that's sad because now it's canon. <laughs> it's forever. Exactly. It's a reality now. Like, that was yeah. the end of the Skywalkers. I'm like, dude, like, they deserve better for dude, the end Return of the Skywalkers. Dude, Je- Return of the Jedi, like, that ending was fucking amazing. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like... like Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith ending was fucking mm-hmm. amazing. So I was like, expecting this to be, like, boom, like, it's amazing. But yeah. I don't... I didn't get that. And I know. I, I'm yeah, that's it. Sadly, man. That is it. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we most likely won't be getting, like, you know, uh, Kylo Ren or anything like that. Because I think Adam Jiver was done with this, like, done with it after this. Like, he does what he wants, like, what they ask sometimes. But I don't think we're going to see a different story of this. And it kind of makes me sad. Like, I just want to see more. I want to see more of Rey. I want to see more of him. I want to see, like, what's going, like, why this came it you know we didn't even get behind the scenes of that and i'm still mad about that because i was Rise of skywalker yeah we never Wait, really yeah I, I, we didn't I, get I have, it i have the like mm-hmm. they don't they didn't have they anything didn't have any. wow I, I wait for that like i've watched all the, for all the movies i yeah, watch behind the scenes because mm-hmm. i love watching that yep. and I, they didn't give me this like they give little like they do give little snippets of it you know but it wasn't something like what last jedi gave or force awakens yeah dude dude, the last jedi documentary not even joking like that shit is so fucking it definitely adds a different lens to the last jedi yeah yeah like 
And Force Awakens, too. Force Awakens was so great. Like, both of those documentaries really made me cry a lot. Documentaries are so fun. Like, it's like, yeah, I've been wanting it, to it really watch the, the Empire one on Disney+. Plus. There's one that they did for the original trilogy that I haven't watched it. But it's like five hours long. <laughs> like, dude, I'll do it one day. I think I'm just going to do it in parts. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. If you guys don't watch the behind the scenes for these movies and you guys are true Star Wars fans, I would recommend watching them. Take your time with them because there's a lot of information to take in. But if you really just want to enjoy it as a fan, I would definitely go and see those. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel this is a good ending to <laughs> <laughs> an ending to a bad ending there. <laughs> But yeah, um, we haven't even I, talked about what's coming up next. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, another episode, man. There's so much coming up for Star Wars, and this is just the first theme Star Wars. Obviously, it's been two hours. You guys who are still <laughs> listening, thank you. And you guys know that, like, just know that there's still way, way too much more to yeah, talk we'll, about. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back to talk more. Sorry, that's so long. It's just, you know, we're all true Star Wars fans. And, you know, if we didn't say happy May the 4th and happy May the 5th. Yeah, because... Revenge of the Fifth right here. Oh, yeah. Revenge of the Fifth. Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, with that being said, thank you, everyone who's still listening. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you, David, for coming on here. Thank you, um, If you guys have any any comments, you know, either go on the Instagram or on Apple Music. You could, on Apple Podcast, you can leave reviews there. Um, if you guys want to help support directly, you could go on, click on the link at Zenith underscore podcast uh, right there. Um, if you click on the link, you could go support directly. Um, you could help me something as little as a dollar a month. It could help with medical bills because that's something I realized is starting to add up. <laughs> if not, just keep listening. I love it. I love you guys. You guys help me uh, feel fulfilled. And uh, again, thank you, Hillary. Thank you, uh, David. You guys are obviously big Star Wars fans. David, I'm so excited that I met you. Sad this is the first time, but happy that we did it. It's cool, man. There'll be more times. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, yeah, for those of you who are still listening, again, you guys catch me at Zenith underscore podcast. Uh, Hillary, would you like to share your Instagram or any social medias? I'm sure half of your followers follow me yeah. already. <laughs> but yeah, my Instagram is Hillary Mitch, M-I-C-H underscore twice um that's all i really use so yeah. yeah come talk to me guys i love star wars and she's and a I huge love... film she's amazing her <laughs> instagram feed is super colorful too <laughs> i try to spread positivity and i try to be positive with star wars i'm, a, I'm not negative with star wars but you know yeah. what are you david i i saw your instagram man it's so cool like all, like all your behind the scenes footage of production would you like to put your instagram out there or first of all i'd like to make a point out that i don't really post i post like <laughs> like very like weird like he has his photography stuff. though. His photography is amazing. Yeah, it's I can't. I can't really, yeah, I can't repost really like the stuff that we're actually shooting. So I post like weird little like. Well, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, you can. Yeah, but you can find me on Instagram. Um, that's usually actually where I stay on the most. Um, it's at uh, Daftry or Daft Try. I don't know. Uh, D A V T R I. Super simple. Super simple. All right, sounds good. And then you already know where to find me at. The Zenith. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Have a good night. Be safe. Love you.